doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar. And today I'm sitting here with uh, my boy Ryan Rywire Bassery. Bossery. Bossery. We, did, we just talked about uh, this yeah. right now, dude. It's like we were comparing it to Ryan Hegner. Hegner. People call it him Hogner. Hogner, dude. And, Shout uh, out to Ryan. I get it all the time because my last name is spelled B-A-S-S-E-R-I. Sounds like Bossery. It does. Bossery. And it's actually like boss. Boss. Because you're the boss. That was my nickname in uh, high school. <laughs> the boss is in town, guys. Thank you for coming, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Thank you. We've uh, we've been trying to do this for a while since Philly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we so, did a little trial, like a we, we, we did a trial Philly. one, and then uh, me and Big Mike uh, argued for like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it usually goes. And like uh, we, we were losing people. I kept on seeing, you know, people would depart for their room and... <laughs> People were sleeping. Check, and, checking texts, huh? Ah, oh, shit, I gotta go. I was like, ah, let's not upload that one. <laughs> I, haven't call, I haven't called my mom today. <laughs> but uh, 33 episodes later, man. Wow, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Hopefully I'm getting the practice that I need. You know, I feel yeah. like I feel like these, these at least first 50 to 100 mm-hmm. podcasts, they're going to be kind of trying to find the lane yeah. and, and see where we go. But I appreciate you coming, man. I'm yeah, excited for, for this. Me. And I'm excited for um, Japan. Yeah. It's almost here, dude. I know. This Just is going to be our third trip, three-peat. Days away. I know. So um, what, are you, uh, what are you expecting out there? Anything different or it's kind of just like another SEMA, you know? Yeah, I don't think anything different. Um, truthfully, I don't really do like that much, you know, business to business kind of. Yeah, stuff. no, me neither, dude. I, I, I find it as a vacation. You mm-hmm. know, we work yeah. so hard throughout the year, especially um, the last quarter of the year is just always nuts for us, you yeah, know? for sure. Even if like you always have something going on with SEMA whether it's a car, you're helping out cars mm-hmm. in the background, which probably a lot of people don't even understand how much yeah. that you have into these cars. And with SEMA builds, the dudes come like two days before, like, hey, can you wire this for me real quick, Ryan? Yeah. And I like told everybody like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not doing anything for it's SEMA. It's a lot nothing, of stress, nothing. man. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And then we have that. So pretty much the, the summer, everything dies down. About September, you're just like, oh, you get a nice little cool break and then come back, you yeah. know, October and then November starts hitting hard. Yeah. Sometimes when you're you're starting to work on those cars, you're like, okay, you know, let's let's start early. Let's try to get my part of it done. And then you can't do anything. You have to just literally wait. And you're sometimes you're the last minute, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, you've heard people say, Oh, my car is like essentially done. I just need the wiring. I just need this. And then, so think about that. The wiring guy all of a sudden has like six jobs for SEMA. Yeah. And then everybody's car is the last week. So my last week or two weeks or even month could be like miserable. And do you feel that it like hinders your enjoyment at SEMA itself? Uh, no, I, I, I just, I get, I get really like mad and irritated for like that month. And then when I get to SEMA, then I'm like, ah, yeah, to relax for a minute. Yeah, that's kind of like a little break. And then all comes back like the holidays and stuff. And um, business just seems to get a little busier uh, around like for us anyways, like Black Friday, Mm. because we only run the one sale a year. So it gets really busy. And then the holidays and all that. So so when we get to this point, you know, after all the holidays, New Year's and everything's done. Now, this is kind of our our vacation to yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it always just takes that little put 
the little push. Sometimes it may be, I don't even know. We booked it late this year. Yeah, we did. We but did. we're always just like, oh, what are we going to do? When we, and we just, it takes somebody and it's usually you who's like, all right, we got to do this today. And I'm yeah, like, all right, yeah. fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. We kind of procrastinate for a little bit. And then I'm like, all right, I found this hotel, these three options. What do you guys like? Like group text. It worked out. Pick one. It definitely worked out perfect. Yeah. And and it was nice the other year, um, last year that we got to stay in the Airbnb. Yeah. But it is kind of nice to have a hotel room. So mm -hmm. when you come back from the whole day of walking around and shit, your yeah. room is done, clean, ready. Right. Especially for you with uh with Ashley. Yeah, Ashley's coming this time, so that's gonna be pretty cool. That um, you know, we'll we'll still all be together. Yeah. But we'll, we'll be able to. Uh, make some japanese babies out there or something <laughs> yeah you know a little bit of private time there. what what happens what happens if the baby's conceived in japan it how does it, that it, work it doesn't make them japanese if that's what you're no. asking <laughs> oh, that would be like a nice little hack dude yeah yeah <laughs> what about if they're born there oh well then maybe they have citizenship right they ha they would have to right I, I think so right for real i've never even thought about that what if you go on vacation and you're just like seven months and then oh shit my like water early, broke yeah, yeah. And, i don't know and you're like in indonesia or something and you're like oh shit well i know? guess they they get citizenship and you don't right so the baby can't even leave no the baby can leave <laughs> <laughs> the baby can leave just I, leaves with two passports right or that's two, pretty, that's a pretty dope life hack i don't know if i'm uh I'm willing to chance that one though, <laughs> but I'm excited, man. It's going to be super fun. Um, I was telling Ash too, that last year it was, it was Hegner's first time. Yeah. So we kind of had the trip divided yeah. into Tokyo and then we went to um, Osaka. Osaka. Uh -huh. And this time we're not going to be going to Osaka. So I feel like we'll have a lot more time just to explore yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. And that's going to be pretty cool because they had all those um, those department stores and such where mm -hmm. they have like seven, eight floors. And we haven't even had a chance to yeah. explore we those. We could do one floor a day and, and we're good. <laughs> and see where we <laughs> end up, man. Um, yeah, there's a lot to see. You know, um, I've been around there a lot, obviously. So this is going to be your uh, probably... I don't know. I'd have to say 12, 13, oh, 14, something shit. like that. Yeah, dude. Wow. I was going uh, two times a year for years. Yeah. So For I work think, or? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I went to Weekfest a bunch of times or, so, you know, a few times. Yeah. Um, TAS a bunch. And then um, I've had some like layover stops there gotcha. where I'll go and like spend a couple of days. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went there early, early on, probably like 20 years ago with my friends. No way. Like I don't know. It was like. It was it was early on, like back when I literally would walk around. Um, what am I getting at? Uh, you know, just a truck stop area or a parking lot, and yeah. just we would just geek out and look at cars. No shit, like, I can't do that anymore. I get over it. I'm like, okay, another you know Sylvia, another whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But back then it was like really, really serious, and like I could literally just nerd out in a parking lot for a day. So this know? was before Rywire. Uh, no, I mean, like, Rywire was, like, out of my house. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it was super early on, though. One of my friends, my buddy Chris from Canada, he came and stayed with me for a little bit, uh, helped me on some, like, little work things, and um, kind of just convinced me that we had to go to Japan. Nice. That's a good friend, dude. Yeah. Shit. So, we checked out, like, Spoon. We checked out the Type 1 shop. We checked out, like, he knew all these spots. I didn't really, like, I didn't really know a lot about Because you were in, like, the CRX yeah. community, he right? Yeah, he was also in the CRX community. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just deep in the CRX stuff. So all I knew was, like, CRX. Got you, got you, got you. I wasn't really, like, a, 
I was a car guy, right? But I wasn't into all the, I, my, my world hadn't been cracked and shattered of all, you know, I used to think if you have a B16 CRX that that was like the epit epitome of that's yeah. a fast car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's, it's, uh, it's quick, but it's not, you know. I mean, back in the day, right, it, was, right. it was definitely something. Everything had to blossom at the at the right time. Yeah. Uh, but I know what you mean, man, because even even now, you know, I love all cars, but the EG, that's that's where I have my, my heart at. You right. know, I could see other cars and I could appreciate the work that people put into them and such. But if you ask me what's my favorite chassis, it's going to be EG. So whenever I see one, right. it's like, oh, let me check that out, you know, because yeah. I'm just more devoted to that. But that's really cool at, at that young age that you're doing trips like that. Yeah. I was actually just talking about this the other day. I, I posted on Instagram like that it literally costs you maybe 2500 if that, mm -hmm. to go to Japan. I've done it. I've done it for cheaper, man. Really? I think, man, I think last year. We got the tickets cheap last cheap. year. It was like f six, five fifty like, or something. Like no joke. I think I spent 1100 bucks. No shit. Yeah. Because last year I was kind of broke and I was kind of pinching pennies. Yeah. And um, I literally, like, I think it was like, yeah, around six, five, seventy-five, something like that for our flight. And then we had another, uh, well, we all divvied up that that one spot. Yeah. Second, whatever. It, it that, was that like was a, cheap. 175 bucks a day or something divided, yeah, by, divided three? by three. It's ridiculous. And then, um, you know, a lot of the Japanese guys, like our friends, when they come to visit us, we, you know, pay for their dinners. Well, they got us on a few dinners, right? It was a lot. I didn't buy shit, like, as far yeah. as car parts, because I, I just, there's nothing to buy anymore, you know? Yeah. Everything's over here that you'd want. But uh, um, I literally must have been, yeah, it was it was sub 1200 bucks. Wow. That's that's like on a budget. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it didn't feel like we were on a budget, though. No, 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 not you know, at all. We still did yeah. a lot of rad shit, and like, yeah. like I said, we went to Osaka and we yeah. checked out the shops and things mm -hmm. like that. Well, we didn't pay for the Shinkansen because that would have been a hundred and twenty. Oh, because we it drove. Been, that's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like, yeah. you know, we got a ride with Yasu from uh, Tokyo to Osaka, and that's a five-hour, you know, twelve uh, hundred and twenty-dollar yeah bullet train you're ride. Right. So that that saved money right there, and all I did was buy just a little like whatever ticket uh, rail. I mean, you know, you're paying like fifty, ten, fifteen dollars a day. For yeah, that. it's nothing. Yeah, so cheap. So, um, yeah, I guess when you when you go a lot and you kind of know where to save. Like, I know like Hagner was his first time, and he wanted to kind of like ball out a little bit more on the on the room and stuff. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, let's just, just stay here. It'll be yeah. nice, you know. Yeah, it it definitely worked out perfect. Yeah, and it, it felt nice because we were kind of in in the heart of it, right there in Shibuya. Like it wasn't far yeah. from everything, and hopefully, the place that we're staying at now is relatively the same distance. Yeah, from I think it. I think it's going to be probably about the same distance from their like Times Square area. It was like four um, tenths of a mile or something. Oh yeah, huh? we're, we're even closer then. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. So we'll just shoot up one of those streets, and it'll just be there. Yeah, and then we'll go to the train station and then just in the morning, you know, it's a little bit of a ride on the train, but I'm still trying to remember how do we get to where we were staying from the airport airport? Uh, there's two ways. So you can, you could do like the Shibuya, whatever bus. Okay. And you can like pick a hotel that's there and just like, uh, it's 40 bucks, I think. Okay. About $40. Um, or you just jump on the train. Oh, okay. and it's right there. That's like, what we did. Right, it's downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And then that that ride's kind of kind of more expensive, but still not that bad. Probably less than forty. Um, you get to Tokyo. Um, 
you know the train station yeah. in tokyo and then you just jump on the green line and jump off it's Got like you. super easy yeah i totally forgot that that whole part of it i think every as soon as we land yeah. i'm just like oh You're let's, just like, Whoa. let's go do some fun shit like all the all the lights and stuff Hell, of the building, oh it's my like, goodness it's, it's intense dude. dude it definitely is especially the first time that i ever went it was it was yeah. such a culture shock because you see whatever you see online but mm -hmm. that's like that's like not even a grain of sand yeah. to what it literally is, you know? And if you've seen Tokyo Drift, yeah, it's like that on steroids. Yeah, it can be. It's yeah. so crazy. It's cool. And it's it's dope because like the culture there is so nice and I don't wanna I don't know if I wanna say welcoming, but not not rude yeah in any sort of way hardly rude they just man. let you they're do your own thing yeah they're super cool um i remember my first trip that was like such an eye-opener for japan uh we we landed and we went to tokyo station and we walked outside and we didn't know where we were staying and then this girl just like walks up and she's like oh like are you guys lost she's no spoken. way and she's like really i just wanted to practice my english and i'm like oh okay we were like talking no to shit and then she's like where are you guys staying tonight I'm like uh we don't know yet she's like well everything is booked good luck and we're like what like oh, we didn't have a place to stay oh, like, i've done this before when i was younger right this is my typical like this is what i would always do when no i when way. i traveled europe i just i like, didn't ever have any just let's just go to this place and yeah find a place to stay um i'm like tokyo's huge we'll be able to just like walk and find a hotel and like everything's booked up yeah so she like made all these calls and like found she's like okay well two miles this way and we're like we'll walk we'll walk because it'll be a good experience um and then yeah there's this i, I get i got you guys a, a room you can stay there yeah i was like man like no she, she jumped it off, she jumped off the the trip with a good you know head yeah. start for us because i didn't we didn't know what the fuck we were doing um and then we started making so then everywhere we wanted to go we just stayed at the same hotel it was like a chain like let's call it you know uh what's a hotel marriott chain? or whatever yeah, marriott yeah. and then you're just like all right, well, that Marriott, call the next Marriott to that. We want to go to Osaka now or. Oh, know. got you. So, got and then you. They, would, they would book us. And then, so we kind of got smart. But Nice, dude. That's yeah. crazy. That takes a lot of balls to just be like, yeah, let's just go. Yeah. That's what I did in Europe, though, when I was 18. And yeah. we, sometimes we wow. would have to sleep in the train station because we'd fuck up, you know, but it was funny. Just to go yeah. through those experiences, that's just like yeah. really, uh, really carves out who you are as a person. I like to travel and just. That's why I always tell you guys, like, dude, I'm down for whatever. I don't yeah, care. I don't care. I'm I'm down for yeah. it too, and uh, I think that that's one thing that that we really have in common is like a, a problem solving abilities. Yeah, you know, because it seems like we're just on the same wavelength, and when we're just with the crowd, we're just like, dude, why don't we just do this? Yeah, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah, that we are just follow the all the people walking, like, <laughs> just go and do do what they're just, doing. Yeah. Just figure it out, yeah, dude. Figure it out. Because I figure like experiences like that it's it's mostly about the experience and not the destination yeah exactly we're not going to japan to go to tokyo auto salon no. like that's that's a bonus mm -hmm. of it you know we go because it's a vacation go with friends and just kind of decompress from the year yeah. before all the shit that we went through you know yeah it's funny like when i think of tas specifically um i don't think about like the cars in their thing i think about like across the street there's that really good like oh dude hell tongue yeah. spot, yes you know and then i think about like <laughs> you know like Fucking across the street asses. it's called aeon <laughs> shopping center yeah and then on the, the little second mall floor joint. there's that spot with a really good gyutan yeah and it's like that's what i think about when i think of tas dude. which is really weird but like i guess it's like 
you think about that, it gets you there and you're like, oh shit, we're going to see some cool cars too. Great. Yeah. You know, that, that meal is so good, dude. The yeah. one that it's like in a, a kind of a tomato paste kind yeah, of yeah, sauce, yeah. dude, mm-hmm. so bomb, man. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. And that's one thing that Ashley was kind of bringing up too. She's like, you know, I, I, I really just don't want to be doing car shit all the time. I'm like, no, that's probably not what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Cause the only car shit I could think of we're going to do, we'll probably do auto salon those two days two days one day heavy the second day it's kind of like all right we'll just see what we're gonna do and then from there whatever the spoon rave yeah the rave (laughs) the the spoon rave uh, at type one they have a they have a good party that they've done the last couple years which is pretty fun so last year was really fun and then i i'd like to check out the rwb yes 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 that one too you can see if anybody any like weird guys that like worship the fucking ground that he walks on you know shout out to rwb the the dude he's made a really really big name Mm -hmm. for himself and when you make a big name for yourself you have stands Mm -hmm. that come along with you if you guys aren't familiar with stands it's kind of like eminem song stan (laughs) you know I, I saw you do the body kit, you know, it's just like, I love you. It's just, th- these dudes were so, it's not, th- there was one dude. That one dude worshipped one the dude. fucking ground that he stood on. It and, was ridiculous. And me and Frank and Ryan Higner were like, dude, this guy like will do any sexual act that he possibly <laughs> could do with, with Mr. Uh, I don't know his name. I don't know his name, but I mean, he's Nakai. Nakai. So shout out to him. That dude is, he's living life. Oh, yeah. You know, you pay me. He's doing what he loves. It's awesome. If I get to the point where you pay me to fly out to put bolts on your car, I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. I I don't care. You know, I'll have my shit running and then just fly me out. That's awesome. But yeah, that dude came up to us and he was looking at us like we were weird. what? What do you mean? You're not gonna go to the? Oh yeah, yeah. He invited us to go into the Hard Rock, uh, the party. Hard Rock, where they have the some more like a, a dinner with uh, Nakai-san, and you can like you know hang out with everybody that owns all the RWB cars, which is sounds really really cool. Uh, but on the flip side, I was more you know intrigued with just seeing the cars themselves, um, walking around and enjoying the the vibe and the cold hell yeah you know yeah because it it, it's it sort of sort of gets to like a different level so Mm -hmm. you have the level that we're at right here where we'll go to a show you know we'll go to a ibach we'll go to week fest or whatever and we'll see the same kind of people right but then when you start traveling that that list gets a lot smaller and it takes a lot of dedication to you know to actually make that trip happen yeah so when we go to these meets like the rwb or the spoon meet it's just a lot of uh the people that have kind of the same passion that you have so it's nice to go over there to talk to yeah, them and, cool. and um i mean they they like it too because it's somebody that they can talk to they can relate with because we all kind of have shared experiences or what have you but when they, everybody's traveling from afar too when you're you know when you're overseas and you're at these events um a lot of times so especially tas i mean a lot of people like look at yasu for instance he's coming from osaka that's six hour drive that's a know? drive and uh or a you know three hour shinkansen bullet train but like you know then you got all the guys coming from california america you know um canada yeah like they're coming from, everybody's coming from all over the world you know and meeting in this one parking yeah. lot it's pretty crazy and then you see the people you're like oh dude like i know him for he's from australia and i've seen him the last three years here yeah. and it's like that's wild you know yeah you're like well we meet again you know and it's like 
where we meet again in in a foreign land. It's a cool networking, really cool. Mm -hmm. and it kind of puts you. Um, it kind of makes you understand who these people are, and some of them turn into be like really good people. Mm -hmm. You meet them, and you're like, damn, this person has a really good personality. Yeah. And then some of them are like those guys that that it's like, does this dude really want you to worship him like that? Yeah, like that's that's odd. I know, I know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that dude had his own business too, and he yeah. seemed like he was pretty successful. And I'm like, dude, you could just be cool with the guy. You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. guys can agree, like, you're a hustler, I'm a hustler, we're doing it, like, oh, cool. You know, that's how I like to make friendships. Yeah, he I think from what I remember, didn't he like approach us in a way where he's like, Well, you should know who I am as well. Like didn't it was he, something something I was like, like that. Oh, whoa. I, <laughs> Sorry, man. Like, I'm not. I'm not like with it enough, I guess, to to know all about everybody here, right? But, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to. I'd like to know mm -hmm. every part of the community. That's why I think I we looked him up, right? <laughs> yeah. We looked him up because we we're like, well, we this we got to see who this dude is because this seems serious. <laughs> anyway, shout out to that guy. I, I don't. I don't even know. I don't remember who he was, but he was cool. Anyway, uh, so what else? It's gonna be a good time, man. I'm super excited about it. Um, I want to actually try another crazy food this time which one i don't know just something something dude. I, could, I could recommend some stuff we did the horse mm, the raw yeah. horse uh -huh, uh -huh. i did the um the blowfish oh you yeah, always yeah, yeah. do the blowfish yeah, but yeah i was like fuck it let's risk it all right now <laughs> and, yeah uh, I, don't, gotta... I don't know what else what else it could be maybe like some human or something i'm down for some <laughs> brains let's see they have they've had some uh this, this like raw chicken's a little scary. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do the raw chicken. It's really good though. Dude. Oh, <laughs> fuck. And then uh, I know I didn't I didn't try it, but uh, when I was with some other other group of guys, uh, um, Ryan Durr and and uh, those dudes, they were like, they tried the what was it? Um, whale, raw whale. And then we said raw whelp. <laughs> but uh, yeah, raw whale. <laughs> I didn't try it. Like I was down, but I think we're at a sushi place, and like I didn't realize that that's what it was that they were grabbing. Like, oh yeah, we tried that. Really? Oh shit! I didn't. I don't remember that. I would have tried that. Mm, I don't think you were there. That was probably the year before that got you and you, I first got went. You got you. Yeah. I would probably try that though. You okay. know what? Fuck it. I'll try the chicken. Whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, fuck it. That's a that would be another one because I really brag about the horse thing. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, you know. Like. I don't know all that raw stuff is actually uh in my opinion it's good i like i like fish you know all the raw fishes and all the yeah how does the uh the raw chicken thing work i don't understand that i guess it's the way that they like i don't even know dude yeah i don't know Less... you could probably like siri it you know yeah google it <laughs> siri can you eat raw chicken no that's <laughs> a stupid question <laughs> you must be crazy you must be crazy but yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be sick man i'm super excited for it hopefully it's not gonna be cold um, oh yeah it's gonna be cold but... it's gonna be cold but i think the first time that we went that was really mm -hmm. really cool because it snowed then too. yeah that's right there's been a couple times i've been in tokyo where it's been snowing um actually just all of japan and riding the trains and stuff and it's snowing and that's when they start having a little bit of closures and problems and yeah hopefully it's nice hopefully it's not too terribly bad um my feet always get way cold though yeah because i have like I got um, my my back always hurts. You got bad I, bones. Yeah, I got uh, I got bad bones and then <laughs> like not good blood flow. So my feet always get way cold. Yeah, and it's like painful. There's nothing to help with that. I don't know, man. Probably alignment in my spine. No, like, with, like like clothing. 
nah, like I'll do like a couple layers of socks, warm shoes, and the coldest part of me is always like my toes and my feet. Really? Just yeah. do some Uggs, bro. I know. Fuck it, we won't <laughs> clown you, dog. We'll say he has a disorder, guys. Don't say anything about yeah, his yeah, Uggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would probably be okay. I yeah, I remember the first time it was a lot colder, but the the, yeah. the time that we went last year, it was just like it was just like a chilly day. Yeah, maybe. It, I've probably felt the same coldness in New York or even here in Oxnard. It wasn't right. that bad. Yeah. But you've been traveling a lot too. I have been traveling a lot. You um, after SEMA, you went to Indonesia, right? Yeah, Indonesia. We did a we it's called the IMX show. And they kind of I guess Mike and I went, uh Big Mike. And and uh, you know, since we were both in that battle of the builders thing with a SEMA, um, they were trying to do something kind of along the same lines. Gotcha. And I think, you know, there's a lot of import cars in Indonesia. Like, obviously, you know, it's not much like American muscle. There's like one guy there that does a, does all the American muscle cars. But yeah. like, um, it's all Japanese import. So because we were like the Japanese import, you know, battle of the builders guys, um, they reached out to us and was like, yo, come, you know, yeah. like, help judge and do this. So we went to Indonesia. Um, we judged their show, had a really good time. And then we did a layover in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And then we got some food and ate for a few days and walked around and enjoyed the city a little bit. I actually had never been there before. Oh, really? Yeah, it was my they first time in Hong nuts, dude. Yeah. Dude, there's this one spot where you go. I, I always forget everything. But like you you travel to the top of this mountain. And then there's all these huge high-rise buildings. And the high-rise buildings are still taller than the highest peak of the mountain. And you're like looking out in the these apartment buildings that are hundreds of stories high. And you're like almost looking into you can't like see into the hotel yeah. into the rooms or whatever but it's like i feel like you're right there it's crazy yeah. dude. was it like, a foggy day where it's coming out of the fog actually it was sort of foggy because it was a little bit rainy in areas and then it cleared up so yeah we got like a lot of different views That's of crazy, it crazy dude yeah so we had a good time there um let's see um where where else did you travel last year last year we did florida oh, yeah uh -huh, uh -huh. for for ibok that was fun yeah yeah that yeah. was a lot of fun we did philly uh-huh we did philly for yeah. ibok right 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 <laughs> i'm so bad at remembering my my brain's always mush as far as like far places let's see uh did i do japan last year i think so oh, we yeah did, we, we did went we went to japan yeah. last year and then we did uh did you guys go on any trip last year um you and my girl yeah um we did we yeah, you guys Dude. went to like Ireland or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got back. <laughs> See, like my, uh, yeah. She had me driving for like uh, um, five hours a day for like ten days straight. No shit. It was fun though. Is it on the right side or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, right hand side. It's the right hand drive cars. Yeah. So um, I got really, really good. So if we need to drive in Japan, no like, shit. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be the designated driver. Dude, hell well, yeah. You're actually good too because I remember you were driving Yasu's car <laughs> yeah. for the whole day. I but said, dude, fuck it, man. Let's I, do it. I, I probably did like 2,000 miles. Wow. So, and it was like narrow ass roads. Like, dude, dude, check this out. So, Ireland, of course, it's very beautiful and like whatever, you know, it's a great place to visit. But man, driving there is, is wild. So, they have posted speed limits and it's all in, you know, kilometers if you're in Southern Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland's um, uh, UK. Right? Yeah. So, the speed limits are like, 70 miles an hour uh -huh. like down dirt roads no shit and then so we actually heard something on the radio about this that like you know it's really unsafe to drive because the speed limits are not posted properly and all these things it's like it's it'll say like 100k which is like 60 i want to say uh -huh. 62 or something like that 
Um, and it'll be like these blind turns. Oh, shit. And there's buses on the road. So these are probably like old posted speed limits, right? So I'd be booking and I'm like, I'm really confident driver. And I, but I also don't want to die. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, I only feel confident at like 40 going yeah. around this with like buses and shit, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it was crazy. But yeah, we were, we were, you know, enjoying it. And like, I would have to kind of regulate that, hey, the speed, posted speed limits. Normally you can go 10 mile an hour over a posted speed limit and be like, cool, right? I'm talking if you're like 10 miles an hour under, it's still scary. Really? Yeah. So I, really like realized and we we yeah we read on we heard on the radio that you know it was it was a thing that they were was going around yeah. and they needed to change all these speed limits and stuff but so what took you guys over there um well it's always kind of like my trip when we go places yeah um, like work stuff um no yeah i try to like cycle in some work stuff um also like i like traveling like asian countries i i kind of appreciate that more than got you um like you know i i like i've been to europe before uh, never specifically Ireland, but my girlfriend really wanted to go. And I was like, well, next trip you pick, you know, she's like, I want to go to Ireland. Like, All right, cool. Like nice. you, you do the trip and then we'll just like, I'll go. Just tell know? me when. <laughs> yeah. Tell me when. So she, she spent a lot of time like figuring out exactly what, um, where we're going to go, where yeah, we're going to yeah, see yeah. how long we're going to stay in each place. And it was actually like very thought out, which I told you normally I'm just like, let's fuck it see to my pants let's yeah, go let's go yeah yeah so she had it all like strategized and that's good that's yeah. good especially for a new place you don't want to get somewhere and you're like i don't know what to do yeah and you spend half the afternoon just trying to find a mcdonald's or something you know yeah i had a couple of people hit me up when i was over there and they were like oh uh you're in dublin like i live really close no shit but then i like aside from just not really knowing the person and stuff like we were on the, such a strict got thing you, got that you. i would have like got the message and all of a sudden i'm already like driving to the next yeah town, yeah you know? yeah it's it's nice to meet up with some people especially like that far yeah. out of the way too because it just shows you how much that of that reach that you really have yeah and i'm sure that the people they appreciate that kind mm -hmm. of stuff even like remember when we went to age day and we were at that hotel and um we were just hanging out with those like canada dudes yeah yeah yeah. that was so tight and yeah. some some dude just told me about that the other day he's like yeah i hung out with you at age day i'm like yeah i hella remember that <laughs> that's funny dude because uh it's it's it a takes small... a certain personality yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that we have that personality where we're just like, oh, fuck it, whatever. But there are some people that are, oh, I'm not going to hang out with these people. Who are they? You know, and we're, we're chilling at the hotel. And we're just like, what the fuck are we going to do? And like, yeah. oh, these guys are hanging outside. Let's just go bullshit yeah. with them. Let's go talk to them, see what's going on. Yeah, it's always good to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it trips me out when when people are like, when, they, when they're like too appreciative. Like, hey, I'm normal, dude. I'm just a person. Yeah, and that... That treat, happened like at um at SEMA. So we were with Big Mike. And you yeah. know, whenever you're with Big Mike, especially at <laughs> SEMA, fucking the 40-year-old 40, 40 dudes are just taking pictures of him and shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we were um we ran into him in the in the hall and I'm talking to Mike and mm -hmm. a dude is I could see him like right here next to me recording Mike just like that. Didn't say shit to him and he's just recording him and Mike's like talking to me but i see but him like tell him he's he distracted. could tell yeah and i'm like what are you doing dude and then finally the dude asked mike if he could get a picture and yeah shit. yeah and i'm like guy you have to realize that he's just a regular dude like he's just into cars so yeah. whatever your field is in whatever consumes your life yeah that's what consumes his life but he's right. just made it like more of of a of a hobby than just the general person yeah you know it, it trips me out when like people reach out to me and they want 
me to, you know, like I went to Australia a couple times and, you know, we did Japan, like for like all just judging, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to, uh, Mike and I are actually going again to the UK. You went as well. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. for that MIMS one, yeah. right? So we're going to go to MIMS. Oh, nice. It's like, you know, I, I went to, uh, what is it called? The island off, uh, Guam. We were, okay. I did a, did a thing with, um, uh, this guy, Tom's really cool guy. Um, did an event with him and just judged. And it's that like, was this past year? No, that was like, that was uh, early last year. I don't remember. Okay. It was a year-ish ago. Um, yeah, but it's really cool. Like, I'm surprised that people want like me to come out. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? Wait, you want me to go yeah. out there? I don't know, you know? Yeah. But. So it, does it, does it kind of give you, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say. Like. It's it's a weird feeling for that to happen, but do you feel like when when they do, you have to do like a a really really good job with them? Oh, I try to. Yeah, you try to, right? Yeah. Try because, my best. Yeah, because it's, if I'm gonna go and travel to a to a place, I mean, like sometimes there's like legal documents they're signing. Like if you if you forfeit or fail um, and don't make it or you know whatever, uh, there'll be consequences. Got you. So, and I'm like. I think that every time I, I exceed all, ex I try to good, exceed good, all good, expectations because yeah, yeah. I want them to have me back. I want, I don't want people to think like, um, I remember one of the, I don't want to say too much, but I, I went and visited one place and then they were like, man, you were, you're like been our best guest so far. Gotcha. And I'm like, really? Like how so? Well, you didn't like ask for, like you weren't demanding, you didn't like, you know, I want food at this time and yeah. like, uh, dude, I'm, cause I'm just here i'm I'm actually genuinely glad to be gotcha, where i am yeah. um so i just try my best and 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 do my my job because that's what i'm doing when i'm there especially if i i can't work i'm not building looms and stuff right so i might as well just do what is presented and if that's to judge the cars then do the best job you can yeah right? i think that's a really good way to look at it because that's the way you get more opportunities yeah. if you're that kind of person because now you've actually given them a scale right this dude he has you know so much popularity and this dude does too but when we hired this dude he was a dickhead and then yeah. this dude, he was like super appreciative. So when it comes back to the time again, like wh who are you gonna have? Yeah, of course you're gonna have the dude that was that was like welcoming and excited about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, because no matter what point that you get to in your career or what, you have to understand that like this is still a business. This is a business transaction, and these people are taking a risk to yeah. even have you to at have their me. event or ship out your car or whatever yeah. you know and you want them to get the best out of it too and that kind of that that's right. the, that's what i want to try to do too you know when we have those opportunities i want to give the people the most that they can like yeah. when we just went to um mexico for that show out there in mexico you know um for the um imports yeah, yeah, yeah. war I saw that. yeah i, I saw went that. i went with uh jimmy from envious yeah and uh, when I went over there, you know, I wanted to walk around. I didn't want to have a booth. They told me, yo, you could bring some stuff to sell. But I'm like, nah, I'm not trying to do that right yeah, now. That, you know? That's like, they always kind of, or a lot of the people offer that up. Like, hey, bring all your stuff. And like, uh, maybe I'll bring like one or two things. Or maybe I'll just bring a banner. Put something put in my up. backpack yeah. or whatever. I had one guy, super cool. He was like, uh, well, I can't really like, you know, pay you much. But can I use your logo to make a shirt? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he makes a shirt. Um, and then he sells it. Yeah. And then he's like, here, here's your profits. Like, oh <laughs> really? shit. I made like 450 bucks without <laughs> even like, okay, well that, that'll pay for my, well, he kept 
covered all my expenses, but it's like something. Yeah. And I was super grateful for that. Oh, hell yeah, man. That's good. And that gives a good look to the Honda community yeah. too, you know, because exactly. um, a lot of people look at you as like one of the leaders of okay. the Honda community yeah. and uh, rightfully so, you know, you've put in your work and, and you've, you've been through it all. And for somebody like you to be representing us, that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's not cool. that kind of thing where we first, when people first meet you, you're telling them everything that you've done, you know, yeah, like, and we like, get that <laughs> shit too. Yeah. Like even at, I won't even mention the guy, but at SEMA, we knew how many subscribers he had before we knew his name. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, like, dude. All right. Now, didn't that happen at TAS too? It did. It wasn't SEMA. It, it was, was TAS. TAS. It was TAS. It was TAS last yeah, time. you're right. You're right. We were like, dude, you know, we're all people here and uh, you don't have to like whip out your dick so fast. Exactly. dude. <laughs> you know? There's a reason why we're here and yeah. there's a reason why you're here. You know, it, this isn't SEMA or this isn't a show it's not right back down in the, the States. Yeah. yeah. This is like kind of a hub for everybody in mm -hmm. the world who who is who the passion is more to them than just a hobby. You know, this, yeah. this is a lifestyle. This is a job. Like we're all here. You don't have yeah, to. If, if you're, if you're clearly from the States and I see you at TAS, you're not just like Joe Schmo. You actually care to be there. One, it's not like, Oh, I just got off of work and there's a, there's a meet down <laughs> Might the street. As well. Yeah. So check I'm it just out. Gonna, like stop by. No, like you're, you're taking the initiative and you know, spending good money. Well, depends on, you know, your $1,200. <laughs> But anyway, uh, spending good money, you're, um, you know, making a commitment to being there. You're obviously getting tickets. You're, you're figuring out how a to, lot. Get, to get to, to the actual event. You are walking around talking to people. Uh, there's a reason why those people are there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't walk around thinking that people are just what, like these people are probably industry people, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, I think that we do a really good job at like, talking to other industry people mm -hmm. with without the whole you know the dick thing oh, like yeah. come on dude like i i want to get to know you as a person to see how you got to that point yeah. i don't want to fucking shout out from you no i don't need that shit you know it's not like i don't need it where it wouldn't benefit me but it's like i just met you i'm not gonna be asking for shit from yeah. you and i want to know what kind of person you are because maybe in the future we can work together but not after when i first meet you it's like oh this is one of the biggest automotive vloggers or whatever ever and i'm like if you are i never heard of you so yeah and congrats and that's dope that is like, it takes a lot of work but like nobody's over here saying what they've done you know what i mean we're just here oh good to meet you like eating friend of cold friend. food <laughs> yeah friend of a friend cool you know um then i'd love to meet everyone yeah but like yeah if you're telling me about what you've done i'm like great cool all right on to the next guy yeah <laughs> when it, it, it there's definitely a time and place for all that stuff yeah for and sure. you meet mostly when i meet people i i'll tell them my name and I don't really just go into Downstar mm. off the bat. You know I what either. I mean? Yeah. It's it's kind of weird to me. It's just like maybe I should, maybe I I don't know. But to me, I, I like to meet people person to person yeah. first. And Same. then you kind of figure it out because I've met people and I didn't know what they did. And I'm just like, oh, this dude's a fucking cool ass dude. Yeah. And then you hear maybe something after and you're like, wow. Oh, oh that shit. was that was you that did that? Yeah. Oh, that's cool, you know. But then if you meet somebody and you're just like, nah, that's already a bad uh, and, <laughs> bad start. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of hard. I'm not blaming the dudes at all because when you have these thousands, hundreds of thousands of people like commenting on your shit, everything you do, it's just blowing up. Mm -hmm. It has to just get to your head. Yeah. And it takes a lot to not let it get to your head. But I think once you lose your um 
the reason why you started it in the first place yeah that's kind of where things start going going awry and you're just like uh yeah you, when you can see through that it's never good yeah but yeah, it's it's gonna be a good time, man. I'm 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 looking forward to eating a lot of places. Uh, Ashley's been bringing up a lot of places that are like crazy food spots and stuff. Yeah, so we'll have to leave Ryan Hagner like at uh, McDonald's. Be like, okay, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's not the biggest in seafood either. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what she does like, she likes ramen okay, too. Yeah. So that that's gonna help out because a lot of places just have ramen. Mm-hmm. You know, like katsu ramen or yeah. Gyoza or something like that, yeah, you know, we'll be good. But dude, I want to fucking grub, man. I'm super excited. Yeah, about that. But um, so I I was telling you earlier that we've seen you on a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts and a lot of media lately, and uh, it's been more than before. Yeah, yeah. So what did you? What what's making you go for this push to kind of put yourself out there a little more than? than before um good question um i think that people around me have kind of given me a little bit of a push like one of them being yourself um just you know like not be as closed door about everything um just little stuff like i i used to not really share a lot of detail about like my business or how you know uh, construction, even something as easy as just construction on a wire loom, you know, like how it's built and the behind the scenes, you know, the behind, I, I, you know, not everybody, uh, wants to just be like, here, this is how everything is made. And this is how we do it. And this is like, I, I've never been one to like, I've been, I've been always been one to kind of keep some of those things back. Now, what do you think that was? Cause you don't want somebody to kind of copy the way you're doing it. I think what it is, is the competition of, yeah, somebody cop- copying me or just, um, knowing how something is done or, um, I've always been pretty like shy about that, like, you know, giving too much info. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's pros and cons to all that. And I think something as simple as like, yeah, wire harness construction or, or, you know, how it's made and the insides of, of, of it, uh, per se. Um, also with my business, you know what I mean? Like I'm not as like, you don't see me on Instagram doing videos of my face very often. Yeah. I, you know, but I've been making more appearances. No, you definitely have worldwide. Uh, uh, with you know certain media outlets like Hoonigan has been a big one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shout so, out to Nads. Yeah, John, John uh, Nads. He actually you know had been reached out to me like he was reaching out to me a lot about you know trying to get the Integra on there, and I was like, no, no, I don't really want to do it. And it was not, nothing to do with with uh, Hoonigan specifically. It was more just me not really like wanting to be in that spotlight kind of yeah. I, I never um i don't know if you know you know this but <clears throat> i don't like to go and physically uh present a car at a car show that's being judged i just never really felt that that's something that i wanted to to do yeah um i never want to try to i felt i always felt like i never had to explain myself because i've always been a person where like i don't really do advertising right because i let it speak for itself yeah so honestly i let um i let my work speak for itself i try to i try to let um you know my business just um baby steps you know organically (laughs) organically you know grow and just like let it just build naturally and uh, it's funny because I'm like a marketing major, well, <laughs> yeah. non-graduated. I took a lot of marketing classes um, when I went to college. So, and I'm like 
anti-marketing. I like don't like to put my brand out there. I like to just have it speak for itself. It works. People come back. They uh, they organically, like you said, tell people. And I uh, never been big with pushing. And I guess, um, you know, there's been some structural changes in my business and stuff like that. And uh, there's also, you know, things like competition, et cetera. And I think that uh, media and letting people, you know, give details on how things work and presenting videos and showing people and the more that you could just put it down their throats, it does work, you yeah. know? So I'm I'm doing a little bit more conscious of an effort of that. Hell yeah, you know? dude. And it, it's definitely working. Like yeah. we've had this conversation uh, even over a year ago, you know, and from from then to now, it's like right. night and day. Yeah. And one reason that I, I wanted to bring all that stuff up to you is because I know your personality and I know your passion. And that's like a real attractive thing to have. And a lot of people out there, it would motivate them, especially yeah. if they, they heard stories from your earlier days and how you started. Like I, I seen all that because I was I was growing with you. Yeah. You were growing on a, on a different level, but I seen you become Ryan from like ship me a, a wiring harness and I'll change the sensors and then ship it back right. to like what it is today doing Lambo looms and just being at the elite level yeah. of what you do. Yeah, I mean, and what I do, like if you understand the basics of uh, sensors and, and engine management system, it doesn't matter what, quote unquote, air pump you have connected to it. Because all it is, is it's a device that's combustion engine, and yeah. it's an air pump, and it has sensors that monitor and see where positions are, where whether it's rotating or air coming into the cylinders, um, temperatures and pressures, and that's all it is. So yeah. if you have an understanding of that, it kind of doesn't matter what kind of car it is, um, or what kind of engine it gotcha. is or who manufactures it. You're literally looking at it as a coil. What kind of coil is it? Is it a smart coil, a dumb coil with a CDI, et cetera? What kind of an injector is it? High impedance, low impedance. What kind of a temperature sensor is it? Is it uh, fluid or air? You yeah. know, like it's so, um, actually kind of basic when you break it down. And then if you understand the engine management, which is the, you know, the ECU and you have an understanding of how that works, yeah, then you just build the loom and then it's all about construction and um how it's made and you know you got your high radio frequency like you know knock sensor and then there's a plane you know <laughs> the plane overhead sensor. is the high high rf <laughs> it's uh, a good mic <laughs> yeah. um but you know you got noisy sensors right and you got to know how to like suppress some of that rf noise and a little bit of construction and twisting up the wires and making it look pretty and then you got a loom like, yeah that's all kind of is um, there's obviously a lot of other stuff, but um, once you kind of like get an understanding of, oh, well, if it's really just that easy, then throw anything at me. It doesn't, it's not going to phase me because yeah. it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Maybe Got just you. more of it. Yeah. But your your passion for all of it is just so apparent. You yeah. know, whenever you start speaking about wiring and such, <laughs> you can tell that that's your thing. Yeah. That's what you pay attention to. And that's what excites you and keeps yeah. you motivated. Right. And I think um, that's something that needs to be shown a lot more. And you've been showing it too, especially with all the cars. You'll be on the story and showing what you'll be at Hoonigans, just helping them wire up some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys have reached out to me a lot. I think it's funny because we've, we've done a lot of a lot of our clients and, you know, friends and et cetera have been on the show. Yeah. So then, you know, you keep seeing this familiar like wire loom. Oh, I keep seeing that with that connector and the little rye wire tag. And like, 
Uh, so all, everybody knows me there yeah. now. I'm like, oh, dude, we got a project, this project, that project, whatever. Yeah. So I've been like kind of helping them a lot. Yeah. And they're kind of a client now too, which is really cool. So, and to be honest, like that shit's rad when it's Hell like yeah. something at that level and, you know, like to be able to get the reach that they can pr provide you. Um, and really you're just doing what you love to do anyway. And you're just like, you know, working with them and they're cool ass dudes and they have, like I said, reach of a million hands. Like, fuck, dude, they can capture so many potential clients, just cool individuals. And, you know, like, I'll be walking around and people will go, oh, like, I know you from Hoonigan. Yeah. And I go, nice. and I go, which episode? Nice. You know? Hell and yeah. Like, like, dude, there's this ice cream shop right by my shop, right? And, like, guy knew that we do cars. You know, he's like, oh, what's up? And then he kind of like, oh, what's up, Ryan? You know, whatever. Because I would always just get, like, a... Like when people come to visit, I go and get a bunch of ice cream and bring gotcha, it to the shop gotcha. and go, hey, you eat, eat ice cream, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, dude's like, hey, my brother saw you on on the, the YouTube. Like, <laughs> you guys had like a crazy, you know, white whatever. And I'm like, which, which one? Like, because I'm like thinking, well, the Civic's white. Yeah. Like, ah, it's like a S2000. Yeah. Like a crazy one. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you guys built that? I'm like, yeah. It's like damn dude that shit's sick you know i'm like okay cool you know yeah and then and then so now it's like when i see him he's like oh ryan what's up like yeah it's a little bit more like um oh, okay i know this dude from, yeah from yeah the yeah now, yeah you know um so yeah we get a little bit like we we're walking around hong kong me and mike and some dude's like hey you guys on the chronicles <laughs> and no he's like big mike shit. big mike and ryan and I'm like, yeah, what's up, dude? He's like, damn, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm visiting family. I'm like, we're damn. visiting fucking Hong Kong. You That's know? wild, dude. That's so cool, man. And it and it just takes those small relationships that you make. Yeah. I'm sure this came from from Nads, right? The what, what, the, the Hoonigan stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So John was the first person that I knew. Nads, John Nadiri. He was the first person that I that I really met over there. And then a lot of the staff is into cars. A lot of them actually aren't into cars, uh -huh. but a lot of them are into cars. And uh, they have projects and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they just reach out. And uh, then it's like John's hitting me up. Hey, do you know any good cars? Like, let me know if you guys got anything yeah. that I could put on. Yeah. Because they always want content. They're content. They have like, to. They're content creators all, all day. It's all about content. And so they, you know, John may reach out to a hundred guys that, that he knows are going to bring cool shit. So then I got a couple cars right now where I'm like trying to get these guys to bring their cars. Yeah. Some of them don't care, dude. Like I work with clients that are, some of them are pretty high end. Like they're pretty, some guys are pretty rich. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, of course, but like I'll, I'll work with some dudes that have, you know, half million dollar, like little race cars. And I'm like, dude, this whole thing is a fabbed car. Yeah. Like this is wild. Bring this on the Hoonigan and let them, you know. And then they'll be like, they'll be like, you know, owners of big businesses. And they're like, I don't really want like that kind of. Yeah. And that then, recognition. Yeah. Like they don't want to, they don't want to be like, they would even probably send somebody else to do mm -hmm. the car interview because they wouldn't want to be even associated with it. Oh, really? With what they do. They got may be you, like doctors you. and lawyers oh, and stuff. Got you, and yeah, got they're car you. guys, yeah. but, but they don't want to be like harassed on the street. Like, oh dude, you have a, this kind of car and it's really dope. And yeah. There's a lot of people that just want to play the background of things, oh, which yeah. is perfectly fine. Because, and that used to be me a little bit yeah. more. So I was like, you know, I wanted, I, I enjoyed what I was doing and I, um, didn't really want to be on the foresight of like, I didn't, I didn't want to walk down the street and have somebody be like, I know who you are. You have a cool car or yeah. something. I was more like, 
I want to just do my thing. And when I sometimes when I go to events, like all you know, you get kind of like that whole like mic thing you were talking about where somebody's like sitting and taking a picture of you. I'll like look and be like, oh, like double check. And, I, and I'm actually kind of shy if I don't know the person. Yeah. So then people might be like, oh, that guy's a jerk, you know, yeah. like, or whatever, because he didn't like acknowledge whatever. But uh, but now I'm trying to make a little bit more conscious of an effort. Like if, if I see out of the corner of my eye that somebody's like very much like eye fucking me. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. what's up, man? Yeah. Like, you know, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. like, whoa, oh shit, what's up? And then like, hey, could I... Could I like talk to you? Can I ask you a question? Can yeah. I take a picture? Sure. You know Quick, what I mean? Dude, like, hell yeah, no man. problem. That's good, bro. That's good that, that you're making those uh those moves because with a, with a successful person, that's what it takes to realize that there's opportunity and yeah. you take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. And I did realize that like I'm and I was never trying to be an asshole, but I also realized that if you're that person that jumps out and just like with your hand out, like, hey. I see you there. Nice to meet you. Um, I just wanted to shake your hand. Like, oh, dude, whoa. He's like, that was super cool. If I just said, oh, man, this is really awkward. Like, I, this guy's looking at me and I'm just going to go walk the other direction, which I've done a million times. Yeah. That person's like, damn, like, that guy's probably kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, when I'm not, I'm just no. kind of shy, actually. No, yeah, definitely. And right, and rightfully so. I mean, if if I was going to talk to somebody that I admired and yeah. they treated me like that. Like, I'm not looking to have a sit down with you, bro. Yeah, 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 Just like course. a 30 second combo. Oh, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe take a picture or something yeah, like that. That's, you know. that's it. And then after that interaction, I'm fucking rocking with that dude. Oh, yeah. The whole time. Like, and I get that now. And and that's not the reason why I'm doing yeah, it per yeah, se. Yeah. It's just I have to understand that that that, that guy that's that you can tell like wanted some kind of an interaction, I'm going to try. At yeah. least try. And that's good, man. That that means a lot. And, and if and if he wasn't even trying to talk to me or whatever, then I'm not I mean, I just have to understand that hey, I just met I met somebody else. I met a new person. Definitely. You know? And I and I bur bur uh, I busted out of my bubble a little uh -huh. bit, right? So I was I got that shyness out of me and that's that's baby steps to being more social not even with business just mm -hmm. in life yeah in life that's, that's such a good thing to to help you out with yeah and that's one thing that i say about the podcast you know no matter where the podcast goes this skill is going to help me out in oh, the yeah. future yeah whether it's going to be talking to potential clients or just networking or even just meet somebody at the grocery store or something like that you yeah. know i i put it on myself every time that i interact with something i always ask them how they're doing just because i want them to feel more of a a human than just like somebody that's scanning my stuff yeah you know true and true. i want them no matter what's going on in their day to feel like oh at least this dude wasn't an asshole like yeah. the dude before me and then i bet you i bet you anything that you're gonna say yes but when we go to japan and when you're done and you've left japan like you bring that nice oh hell yeah. with you back mm -hmm. to the states and right? it's really it's it's really unfortunate when you land in the states. You know that you're in the states yeah. because the first interaction you have is it's like, like whack, dude, right? why are you why are you being a dick? Yeah, off the bat, you know, right? Like I remember when we were doing, uh, we were I was with like Joey and Durr and like everybody. Uh, we were doing um, like the, they all the guys were doing all the Kanjo stuff, you know, like all the no good racing, yeah, all the stuff yeah, they were doing. Yeah. It was like they did this like big meet. It was actually, it was definitely before you came. Yeah, I saw time. it. I saw it. Yeah, though. so you saw that coverage. I think it was like the year before. Yeah, year before. So like it was fucking cold that year. But um, we went out and had a meet at like 
three o'clock in the morning uh-huh. and like all the conjo cars came and they basically just like shut down the street right uh the cops came because they you know they were like what's going on <laughs> yeah so, like all these cops came and on the loudspeakers they're saying please and thank you they said please 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 disperse the yeah you know, thank you so much thank you for doing what you know uh we're asking yeah of you and then they're just like yeah fuck you <laughs> but um it's like dude the cops are not like we would have been shut down quick. like block barricaded in they would have like, blocked all exits and everybody would have yeah, got a ticket gotten, like quick like yeah and everybody would have gotten ticket or worse right so um but they're saying please and thank you like yeah. wow the cops are like not busting us but trying to break up this little like thing and they're like please and thank you thank you for being so yeah you know if i would have <laughs> if i would have wow. been there i would have kind of felt like I was being rude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like a lot of those dudes are kind of thugged <laughs> compared to compared <laughs> to what, you know, American style, probably not uh, as much. But for like for Japanese culture, those dudes are pretty like kind of hard, kind of hardcore. Yeah. I think it comes from them growing up like that. Yeah. But still, they're, they're still humans. Of course. And there's still a side of them that's just like rebellious or, you know, yeah. I don't want to listen to authority or what have you. But it's it's a lot more apparent there because it happens way less yes. than here than just like pretty much everybody's like, fuck them, fuck this, fuck that or whatever. You yeah. know, even when we went last year and we saw the guys in the motorcycles just driving around like, what are you doing? But that's their way of expressing. Yeah, they were like, those guys were like, wilding out for sure <laughs> like they were like like i don't know if that dude's ever done anything that crazy in his life but he just decided to like rev his motorcycle yeah really you know and they were just going at it yeah he was he was definitely on his rebellion a rebellion stage of his life those guys that were yeah. driving around but it's, it's definitely cool to be that the, to know that the guys that you're hanging out with you're mm-hmm. in good hands yeah you're in good hands and you uh yeah yeah <laughs> you know I, have, I got plenty of stories but we can't get into that's that probably the too. most we'll talk about that yeah, yeah, <laughs> shout not. out to all the japanese homies <laughs> out there we'll see you soon yeah yeah but uh we're gonna take a break right now guys so make sure um drop some comments below let us know what you guys think let us know um if you're what you would like to see from the podcast, any questions that you have coming forward. And um, Ryan, he'll be in the comments. So if you have any questions for Ryan, just throw him a comment and um, we'll go from there. But we'll be back in one sec, guys. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it popping over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mouse, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking balls in this bitch. Hit us up, downstarring.com. Hey, and if you got an Instagram, slide in our fucking DM at downstar. Wait, hit up the homie, Frank underscore downstar. He's the one that takes care of all the DMs. Hit that lever up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely. All right, guys. So we're back. So um, we were talking about your um, 
the work that you've been putting in on social and, uh, you know, and personally just talking to people and interacting and, and going in that way. And uh, I just wanted to commend you on that, dude. I've seen Thank that you. you put a lot of work into that. And no matter if it, it's not about followers, it's not about comments and things like that. It's just about putting that energy out there. Right. And maybe in a few years, you'll hear somebody that is um, inspired yeah, by that. I, get, I mean, I get it a lot. You yeah. Know, like, oh, man, like more of this content. Um, you know, this inspires me to get my car done. This inspires me to do certain things. And so that's one reason I why I wanted to do this podcast. And especially with you is because I know the background of your story and it is inspirational, inspirational, but it's, it's not something that was so out of the realm that somebody else couldn't do it. Oh yeah. No disrespect. Sure. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. So it's kind of like there was something something that you were born with or something that you must have learned early on that would have brought you to this this path that you're on now so if you want to touch on something like that yeah for sure kind of make people understand where we got to this point that we're at now right so i mean like kind of like yourself you know you early early on like i i didn't live super super comfortable in the sense like you know my my parents made very little money my mom struggled with a business that she was kind of starting, um, doing like gift baskets and stuff. And she had like a little store and it never, no way. Never, yeah, never really made it. Right. Um, uh, my, my dad was a contractor, um, with a master's degree in history. So he could have no been, yeah, been a history teacher, but he really kind of just, I don't know if, and I don't want to say he took the easy way out or whatever, but he just, could, there was no job for him. You know, he didn't have, any, anyway, so he was doing, you know, handyman kind of services. My mom had her little gift basket business and uh, we, you know, everything, it didn't really, like if she had social media now, it might be a little different. You yeah. Know? Like maybe she, I, I could, could just like, imagine back in the day how hard like, it, you probably have yeah. to do like penny saver and shit. Yeah, she <laughs> had like a storefront. Like yeah. people would walk in and I would, you know, be sitting on the floor playing when I'm like a little kid and she's like, and she's like, oh, hi, you know, welcome. And people looky-loo. And anyway, so... <laughs> I could only imagine how difficult that was. So, you know, my parents, they didn't have much money. I always got kind of like, um, what is it called? Like, um, you know, when you're, when you're in school, you little, get little grants and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, I paid less amount of money for my food, for my lunches. Got in school. you like reduced lunch and reduced stuff like lunch. that. Like, you, we qualified yeah. for all those like lower, uh, income kind of things. So then I used to, I, I always wanted money, you know, like to, to do my own thing. <clears throat> I want to go skateboard and I want to have like five bucks for lunch. Now, you know? what age was this that you realized what the significance of money really was? Um, I think it was probably in like the fourth and fifth grade when I was um, I was selling pencils. So I had this thing where there was there was a pencil machine at my school and all the kids would put their quarters in and try to get a pen. I don't remember if it was 50 cents. Let's call it, let's call it 50 cents, right? You put in two quarters, you get a pencil. There's like the girl themed ones that are like rainbows and stars and hearts and shit yeah. like that. And then there was like the boy themed ones that were all like football stuff. So it was all the football teams. So um, these kids would would trade, right? Like, oh, your, your team's this one. I'll trade you pencils, da, 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 da. It got to the point where, you know, girls are trading with guys, getting their pencils. And everybody's using pencils. So you could like in class, it's like this. It's almost like having cool jeans or a hat or something. It's like, oh, dude, you got the oh, you 49ers <laughs> pencil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so kids like the richer kids would pay a couple bucks. Like, oh, dude, you have the Raiders. I'll give you a dollar. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you a dollar for that one. And it turned into like kind of stupid like the san francisco 49ers one because we were in i was in the bay area uh monterey uh pacific grove actually technically and um they 
uh, 15 bucks was how much this a, a kid was willing fuck. to spend. Yeah. Oh, and then like the Raiders one was like five or 10 or I don't know. For but a pencil. Like, yeah. But, but the, oh, just wow. the football ones were at least a dollar a pop. And then if you had the whole collection, it was like, how did you, how did you get it? Yeah. Right. So like I was in the store and I was like looking for school supplies and I found the pencils. Like, Holy shit. Four bucks can buy me the whole, the no whole lot. Right. Way. So then I got smart. I'm like, I'm going to buy like two packs. Of these, I, I think I had like, all right, maybe I asked my parents, oh, I could sell these, whatever. So I was selling them at school, like dollar a pencil. And then like, oh, even the 49er one, it turned into baseball cards. Like how, what condition is it in? How do these look? Like. It was weird. Like really, yeah, it was like it was like pogs. That's it was like, crazy. You know, this whole thing that, Pencils, but I it never was heard earlier of that on. One. So it was just niche to our school because we gotcha. had that. So I was selling them. I was making money, and I would use that money and go buy another pack, and then it would fade out. Like oh, okay, fuck, you know, like nobody's into it anymore. It is what it is. And then a couple of few years later, I started making these finger skateboards. You you remember CCS California yeah, yeah, Cheapskates? Yeah, yeah. So they used to have like, do you remember looking through those little catalogs? Yeah, and it showed all the all decks, the boards, yeah. all the decks, right? So I went to uh, I was friends at the skate shop, the local skate shop. He was like he kind of pseudo like sponsored us a little bit. Um, and then so I would get grip tape slices, <clears throat> and then I would get I go to the blind store, and they'd be like, "You got broken blinds?" So like, hell yeah, we got broken blinds. And then I would make these little fingerboards yeah. before like the actual legit fingerboards came out. So I was making those. And then um, me and my one of my buddies, um, we had like a good modem. It wasn't even fast, but it was like 56K or something. It was like fast for what it was back at the time. And then we would take orders and we'd, we'd burn CDs for people for 15, <laughs> 15 yeah. bucks, like a dollar song. You get 15 songs on a disc. Oh, shit. And I mean, that doesn't sound like much, but. No, that was my hustle back in the yeah, day. Yeah, you do that. The CD shit. And then I was doing, oh, there's other stuff. Uh, what else did we do? Oh, okay. So then <clears throat> things got a little bit more serious. Um, we started, I had to make a business to gra not to graduate, but it was like a thing. You could go one way, write this crazy ass paper or make a business. So I made a business called me and my and my me and my buddy, Gage Tech. Gage Tech. Gage okay. Tech. Check it out. Dot com. No, I'm <laughs> it's definitely link in bio. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, this was actually before the Indiglo gauges came out. Uh -huh. So this is far back. That was before my time. It was way before your time probably. Yeah. So Indiglo gauges killed our business. But anyway, let me tell you what happened. So I was, I went to the junkyard and I would like either, you know, come up on or buy <laughs> some, you know, gauge clusters and I'd break out the faces. And then I was taking, I was interested in computer graphics a little bit at that time. So this was probably like, I don't remember, this could have been, uh, high school i think senior ish high school okay okay um so then had a teacher and she was like doing this what is it called um you know adobe illustrator photoshop yada 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 so i take these gauges and in school I'd, I'd scan them on the computer i'd make them white i do like vectored uh the illustrator like kind of drawing over them so they're all crisp yeah and then make yeah make them white change the red line maybe i'd put like you know a company name on it which i probably shouldn't have had yeah it was whatever and then I would sell them on eBay. Wow. Right? Um, also, my side hustle was like selling as much shit as I possibly could on Whatever. eBay. Whatever. And I was working at a golf course and there'd be like like these, you know, lost and found stuff. And I Or I'd buy bags and I'd sell a part out clubs. Dude, like find people. I remember this guy, I'm like completely saying change the subject, but he had like all these Playboy magazines, uh -huh. like years and years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So I would just like put them into year ranges and I'd sell them in, in lots on eBay. No Dude, shit. Like <laughs> I make, I make cool money, like good money. 
<laughs> and then I like ripped all these little like little service manuals. Uh huh. Um, there were all the. I just it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. Um, service manuals, car like CRX, like like the helms or yeah, whatever. Like the helms. Okay. It was probably so fucking not why well, I, I shouldn't have done that. But uh, I, you know, I'm making like a thousand bucks a month wow. on the side, just just on this one disc, you yeah. know. And then like a service manual and like a this and that's and whatever the hell I could sell. So the gauge tech thing, we actually like, we'd scan them, we'd sell them on eBay, and there'd be these white overlays, and you kind of put them in. You kind of have to like go around the needle, and I it, everything didn't work perfect. Sometimes you have to like slice it and oh, put over. it over, and then okay, I don't got know. you, got we you. We would just kind of who knows? They were like fifteen bucks, so you get what you pay yeah. for. Yeah, but uh, it was a working legitimate business. Um, you know, like to a very low capacity. We had like one dealer and he was like the shop, the shop, the nearest by like performance shop. Yeah. You'd buy like two at a time or something and put it in no his display shit. case. And then wow. we, maybe we sold a hundred. What year was this? Uh, well, like Oh okay, one, maybe no, no, no earlier. No. Um, yeah, maybe like Oh one, maybe, maybe something like that because I got into cars like hard, you know, more crazy, like in 99, uh, 98, 99. Um, so this was probably around there. Um, could have been like 2000, gotcha. whatever. So we, um, we did, we actually went and at school, we actually, uh, what am I trying to say? There was a competition. So mm -hmm. we actually made it to like the state, you know, level. Oh, nice. Yeah. So not only did we like graduate and do all this, we actually exceeded and got, you know, the craziest thing is that there's a, there was a girl that beat us and she had her own little business thing. And this was like at the state level for, yeah. it was called like young entrepreneurs or something like that. And the, the chick's business was my mom's business. No it was way. gift baskets that beat us. And I could understand that, you know, these people probably couldn't even wrap their heads around why you'd put white face yeah, yeah, things on yeah. your car. It's such a niche thing. It's so niche and like a, a, a 40 year old woman that likes to knit and a man that has no hair and, you know, hates his day job is judging that. Why would you put these white faces? On yeah, the it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. So like, but the, it just tripped me out because she won and like, that's my mom. And then we found, <laughs> we found out that that was her mom's business as well. Oh. So she just like, you know, rewrote that. Yeah. That, that was super frustrating. Cause like we were so into it. Like, yeah, oh, we're going to like do stuff with this. And now did you tell them like that it's an actual business? Yeah, we like said that we've sold on eBay and we're, no we way. have a website that you can like do like a like a paypal kind of purchase yeah. or whatever right it was like really simple nothing like what we kind of have with our site nowadays but you know it was like a page and you could like click and buy anyways so that was cool and that's kind of how it kick-started me um i ended up losing my job at the golf course and um that kind of kick-started me again to do my own thing so i did have a couple little jobs <clears throat> in high school and you know getting out of college and stuff like that, uh, where I was working for other people, but I could tell that I didn't, I, I wasn't about so it. So what were those, some, some of those jobs? Um, well, me and my friend tried out to be, uh, like a rec center kind of a worker okay. in the city of Monterey. Got you, got you. And, uh, I didn't really want to go, but I just went and then I ended up getting the job and he didn't. Oh like, shit. <laughs> but I needed the money. So I took the job and like uh, a boys and girls club or something like that. Uh, so there's this place called Dennis the Menace Park in Monterey. <laughs> oh shit, that's and a dope name. Dude, it's, a. Uh, it's wild. Kids cracking their head open like every day because it was like scary, dangerous. Oh, shit. They had these like big trains and bridges and crazy ass like slides that will launch you and like. 
Oh, wow. You can get hurt there. Trust no me. Way. Like almost every day there'd be an ambulance there of some sort. So they need people to like watch the park. And then that was only during summer. Just a public park. Public park. Oh, but then shit. they needed people. Like there was like, there was four people working there at one wow. time. They had all these little stations and we had radios and, uh, cause it was, we got of, another one. Another dude, we got a leaker. We got a <laughs> it was bad, dude. Um, so then they, you know, we were there for, we were there. Uh, I was, I was working there with, you know, those, that group, um, for the summer and then i got a job at like after school kind of like daycare thing yeah uh just playing with kids and helping them with their homework and stuff like that that was for the city of monterey and then the golf course you know like i was i was actually i played golf in school oh okay uh, i was on the golf team in high school because like monterey dude you can play golf at a lynx course i'm talking like you know 100 to 600 dollars around for like free basically no way and they'll give you golf clubs wow so you could be like i'm I'm like homeless, let's say. Yeah. And you go to this, you go to a club one day and they'll just give you a bag of clubs. And then they'll be like, you got 50 cents. You can free, like, they just wanted it. Like, you know, like dollar cars, they have to show some kind of a transaction. So they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, well, we'll let you on at these hours, like the off hours. And you could play golf for until it gets dark for a $1. I wonder if that has to do with like some corporate stuff. Because I remember when I worked at Best Buy, if we didn't spend this certain amount of money, then the next year our budget would be lower for uh, whatever. It, be, it could it be write-off be. stuff. Yeah. Could be write-offs. But I think that um, Pebble Beach Company is a really, really big company that makes a lot of money. And I think that they just give back to the community. Oh, okay. And so they have this community That's program really cool. for kids. So I actually got into golf a good amount because of that. And uh, I got to be pretty good. Like our golf team was kind of no joke. There was like scratch golfers on it. Gotcha. And I was always like on the bubble, like seventh, eighth to 10th best golfer so i would play it got me out of school sometimes nice it was kind of fun um so i was working at the golf course for a while and i thought maybe i have a career here you know and realized i don't you know i didn't i didn't love it as much it's not like the car thing is like passion yeah golf is like this is fun yeah you know so two different things and i was knew i'd never be pro or i'd never be like that good um you could just tell sometimes yeah so then i started like getting a little bit more serious and I had money cause there's that and I'm doing all these things on the side. And, um, I decided that I, um, was going to mod my CRX. Mm-hmm. So my uncle, he, he was, our family's weird. Don't talk a lot anyway. So my uncle was a CRX guy, which is really crazy. Oh shit. And he's, you know, he's like, he was an, he's an old white dude. right? <laughs> so he had a CRX and it was an SI and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm doing B16 and da, 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 da. And he was all into it. Yeah. So he got me into it and he actually took me to, um, CR Expo 99 at Laguna Seca. Wow. And like 99, yeah. dude, that's insane. So that was so long ago. Yeah, dude, that was fucking 20 years ago. Wow. So I went to CR Expo 99 and Guess who I met there? CR Expo 99. Who Dude, did I meet? Had to be fucking like one of those OGs or yeah, who, something. Who's like, who's like the OG that makes shit happen that basically like makes it able to put any engine that you want in any. Oh, fucking Brian. Uh, so I ran into Brian. I met <laughs> Brian, Brian Gillespie from so, Passport. So Brian G was there. And I remember I was like, dude, this dude's doing a swap in the parking lot. Like his no whole shit. yeah, his whole thing was like he wanted to show people how easy it was to use his mounts. You know, there was like place racing at the time. But well, where was this at like, again? This was at Laguna Seca. 
Oh, so that's like kind of by Bakersfield? Is that where uh, a little bit like more? That? Like okay, it's like it's like Monterey. I uh, got you, got you, got you. Monterey, okay. Seaside, Salinas, like that area. Mm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we were at Laguna, and you know, there, there, it was like in the parking lot of Laguna. It was like the Sierra Expo, and then if you had a car and you wanted, like, I think it was, I think it was free. You could just drive around the track and stuff, and it was a neat little event. Um, I actually had a CRX, but it was a first gen mm-hmm. and it was like a DX carbureted and I was no to shit. Think, the first gen one yeah, yeah, looks like a Lego gen. kind of. Yeah. It's well, it's like the same era as my civic, right? It's yes. Like a yes. Third yes. Gen civic 86 or whatever. Yeah. It's a, a 84 to 87. So, um, I had a first gen and you know, I always wanted a second gen, you know, my, my uncle had a second gen SI all blacked out and it was dope. And he brought me there and we drove in the car, you know, wow. in his car and, and uh, he kind of got me into it. And uh, it's funny enough, like, he'll reach out to me every now and then and be like, hey, so you really, like, still into this shit? <laughs> yeah? but, but the funny thing is that he is. And still? The other day, not the other day, this is, like, two years ago, but, um, you know, oh, Black Tracks. You know Black Tracks? Mm. So uh, my, uh, this is in San Jose. One of my, one of my buddies works there. Okay. And he's like, he texts me. He's like, hey, Ryan. Um, there's this dude, Charlie, that says he's your uncle. <laughs> and he's, like, laughing. And I'm like... Oh, my Uncle Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's legit, though. He's like, oh, dude, we're building his S2000. No way. Yeah, he's like, all, dude, it's all raced out and he takes to the track and shit like that. Do you find it funny that he doesn't like reach out to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what did you sell him? He's like, oh, AEM Series 2. Like, I'm like, damn, I could probably could have gone. Come on, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's super funny, dude. And they're like, yeah, we're like fucking wiring and this and doing that. Wow. So he took you to the expo in 99. Yeah. And so I'm I'm curious, like Brian's just in the parking lot, like testing out his product or? Yeah, he had a, he had a booth. Uh-huh. He had a booth. Oh, okay. And, like, the, oh, shit. Dude, they even raffled off a car. In 99. Yeah. Wow. Dude. And like, I didn't like, I wanted to stay because I was like, dude, I got a ticket and there's only like a couple hundred people here. <laughs> I got a they're chance. Really and uh, I wanted to go home with the CRX, yeah. you know, um, with a second gen. There was a second gen. It was like modded. And I don't know. They had a B sixteen in or something. Yeah. It was crazy. Like wow. Th- maybe um, maybe my memory's a little rough, but I believe that was exactly. We're definitely it. gonna have to ask him about this. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him next time I see him about that. So, um, yeah, it was wild. And then and then you know time went on and like we got a little bit more serious in the CRXs. And then I ended up you know linking up with with some of those guys and like shit i was even running that for a little while yes yeah. you know the cr expo that's right what, what, wasn't it somewhere like in canada or something or niagara okay, so falls or there's the, or is that a different one it's a different one oh, okay. that's the that's the end meet oh okay okay, okay niagara okay. meet and they're like 20 plus years deep in that shit damn um and i've been like five six times okay so it was the cr expo that you were helping with cr expo norcal got you and then there was one overseas in the like I think it was like Amsterdam area. Has that morphed into something totally different nowadays? I don't even know. Not the one in Amsterdam, the one here. No, oh, the one here? Yeah. Nah, dropped off. Um, a couple of the guys just like, the uh, guys and girls. So my friend Noah, Jade, and Nikita, and myself were all kind of running this CRX thing. This guy, um, this other, other, other dudes kind of dropped off and like handed over the reins. Got and, you. Um, and then we, you know, kind of started getting out of it a little bit, but so here let me talk about a little bit how i so that crx thing kind of like organically grew me into my business because i was doing a lot of dual point to multi-point yeah so so let me tell you i i got into college and i did i had a professor and and i because i took a little like 
just a shop class at Monterey Peninsula College. Okay. Took like an shop. elective or some shit? Yeah, or... yeah. It was like just to get some credits, gotcha. whatever. Just general ed stuff. I was like, oh, cool. I can do like shop as one of them. So then this guy, his name's Will, and he was the professor, the teacher, whatever, and he was a Honda technician. And we're like, oh, dude, everybody wants to take the class with Will because he's the Honda technician, and if you're a Honda guy, this and that. So he saw something in me that was like, man, this dude has a lot of passion for these cars and stuff. And he's like, he's like, how about you don't do anything in the books? Nothing. I know you want to do a B16 in your CRX. Why don't you just go visit Steve at H Motors? Shut up. And I drove down to L.A., this was this was like, dude. This had to have been like oh one or something. Steve like was still the man back. He then. was still the man. Yeah. Oh, he, shit. Shout out to Steve. Yeah. So he was still <laughs> doing shit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was doing shit that, that early on. So um, I went and got my B sixteen OBDO. You know, I was like, Steve, which one do I take? You know, he's like, Oh, I would take that one. He's like, You don't want that one. That was out of my race CRX. You don't yeah. want that. One. You want that one? I'm like, that one. That one's cleaner. No, do you want the dirty one? The dirty one's always good. <laughs> Dude, that, that engine was great. Anyway, so my job or my thing was to put the B16 into the CRX. And that's all I had to do the whole yeah. I went out and bought like an EF hatch to drive every day. And then the CRX was just at the shop. Gotcha. At the school. So then every, you know, like four like four times a week. Because he let me come on like double time. And I could work on the car. And every now and then I'd need a little bit of willpower, we called it. Because his name was Will and his <laughs> yeah. last name was Powers. No so, shit. so I made up, hey, I need some willpower over here to no like way. break something That's loose. Crazy. Or yeah. te teach me how to like separate the, the bitch pin from the shifter. I've heard got so you. much about it. Like, what do I do? Eight millimeter punch. You just want to hit got it once. Got you, got you. Like, he taught me a lot. So did my first swap and then the wiring, right? So thank God I had an SI at the time, you know. And I was like, how do I do this? Like, I have to add VTEC and I have to add the secondary O2 and I have to add the knock sensor. Like, how do I do it? So then I just figured it out and looked at pinouts. And that was like my first harness that I built. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that I like flipped two pins. And I, but I like, I was able to understand why I did that and made a mistake and I could fix it really quick. Like, gotcha. Oh, Car ran, hit VTEC, speed sensor worked, everything is good. Like, so Damn, at an early good. age, you understood that wiring is only from A to B, and you have to figure out how to get this from from this point to yeah. this point. So I added four sensors, gotcha. and it was like five total wires because there was a ground in there too. So I was like five wires. It's so, it's a good place to start, right? So then I did another swap because that Civic that I bought was blowing smoke. So I put the engine from the CRX into the Civic. It was okay. the, both were A sixes, so I just swapped right in. Did that like the next week. I think I actually used Will's shop. And I was like, Will, can I use your shop to do this swap? That's this tight. Like, and he's like, sure, dude. So then in two days, I did the swap. So now I just did a swap in two days, which before it took me like all semester. Right? Wow. <clears throat> I was like, okay, cool. So then then uh, my 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 uh, good friend at the time, her name's Jade. And she was, you know, super cool. She was in the CRX community, you know, and everything. And um, she's like, I want to do a... A Z6 swap, so she wanted to add the VTEC engine in her CRX, and she had a DPFI, so she had two injectors. And you know how the DPFIs are a little bit—they're like a dumbed down pseudo, like almost carbureted. You got to add, you got to do you. shit. Relays and, or I mean, uh, resistors. Isn't no, that the whole no, no. resistor? Oh, resistor shit? box. Yeah. Okay, so if you <clears throat> use, because um, they were high impedance little two injectors, and then you have everybody used the low impedance with the four injectors, multi point fuel injection MPFI, yeah. right? So then you had to put a um, like a five wire resistor pack in. 
So yeah, that was a, that was a hurdle. And then you had like, there was distributor wires that were flipped and you had to like know how to flip them. And then there's like a, there's one sensor that always gets confused with another. And so there was like little things and I was like trying to kind of research and look at pinouts and figure out, cause it wasn't like, there wasn't that many like step-by-step guides on how to do this. So what I want, my plan was, is that I wanted her to do the swap. So I wanted her to turn all the wrenches. I wanted her to learn what she was doing. And we do it in like two days and I just stay up there or whatever and get it done with her. And then I like brought a little beater truck and brought my my hoist, engine hoist, or pull it out. And then, um, you know, she ended up doing the whole swap. And then I made this wiring harness that I thought could be the easiest route because I don't have to like sit there and do wiring. Maybe it was, I made it so it was like this layover DPFI to MPFI, like garbage of a harness probably. Gotcha. All like kind of like loose wires and a little bit of loom and, but it was four wire hookup. So all I had to do was like splice four wires and it would work. I was like, cool. So I made this, like I spent all night making this last night and she's like, oh, cool. So he laid it in and that was like my first real like kind of full harness. No way. And yeah. And then it was hilarious because I unpinned the injectors and then put like them in in the right spots. And then we like put the ECU cover on and then we turned on the engine. It was just like smoking. And we're like, what the fuck? The engine's bad, right? She's like, oh man, you know? So I just popped the lid off, you know, and pulled the ECU back out. And then I'm like trying to see what was going on. Turn the car back on, no smoke. We're like, oh shit, it's good, it's good, right? Mm-hmm. My dumb ass, you know, you have to learn somewhere, right? Yeah. I took out the injectors, but I didn't tape them off. Oh. I didn't realize that they're, if you ground those, it's like activating, it's pulsing the injector. <laughs> so in reality, it was grounded out. So when you turn on the key, the injector is just on. I'm uh-huh. surprised the car didn't like hydro lock or something. Yeah. So oh, it just blowing smoke. So I figured that out. Wow, I'm dumb. Okay, cool. Tape those off and the car ran great for years anyway so that kind of gatewayed me into like okay let me try to do a little bit more of these wire looms and i'm not scared so i started doing dpfi to mpfi that exact thing i'd be like send me your harness i'll mod it send it back to you i probably did in the first like three years of doing that at least two thousand of those no way yeah dude at least so this was what year um i don't know oh man so probably between up to 04 so oh uh 02 to 04 what what were those running like what were you charging so this guy jason jk obd he made the ecu jumper from obd0 to obd1 so half the people just wanted to convert with an obdo ecu to mpfi Mm -hmm. and then the other people wanted to go obd1 so DPFI to MPFI was like 160 bucks. And then if you wanted to convert to OBD1 and, and send in like a core OBD1 harness, I'd buy a patch jumper from Jason and then it was like 300 bucks. Yeah. So wow. we started doing that for a while and I was honestly making rad money. Think about that. At that age, out of, hell yeah. Out of your house, I'm still going to college. The overhead is nothing. It's freaking solder and wire like you know five colors ten colors um loom like a little bit of loom was like no overhead yeah because they'd send me both looms and i'd just like pick them apart yeah i didn't even really have pins or anything i just (coughs) excuse me just make it work so before we get too far from that um you had the teacher will yeah right 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 um so when that all finished what what happened uh, well, when that finished, then I reached out to him and said, hey, can I use your shop to do okay. that other swap? 
Um, so you ended up passing the class and everything. Oh, of course. Yeah. And the car ran great and VTech worked. And I remember, you know, bringing it down to Southern California to my, to my cousin's house. And, uh, you know, he had a couple friends in the cars and we like raced and the car, like, you know, beat an M3 and no like, shit. yeah, it was really, really <laughs> cool. So, uh, you know, that really got me into the cars. And then I started doing like swaps for people here okay, and there when I could <clears throat> sometimes, I had like a, my name on the web was, my handle was dropped CRXSI. Probably Shut up. It was like the only mod I had that was lowered, right? Like when I first made the name. <laughs> so yeah, so that was my like handle. And so people knew me as that name and I was like relatively popular with answering questions properly. And so like sometimes people would reach out and be like, can you do a swap for me? Um, you know, and I, sometimes I would say, yeah. yeah, can you build a car? Can you do this? Can you do a swap? Can you, and then like all my friends, the community of friends, I, I had moved to San Jose, um, started meeting people. And then I did like K swap in my CRX. Yeah. Um, that was probably. So that the K swap in the CRX, that's probably like, Oh, seven, Oh eight, maybe. Right. I think it was earlier. Really? But, um, maybe not. Okay. Well, we'd have to ask Brian from Hasport when he came out with the K-Swap mounts. Because oh. I'm pretty sure like when he first came out with the K-Swap mounts, I was like the third car that I like saw even like running even, you know, or maybe maybe his and mine and like Pac-Man. It was like Pac-Man's, Brian's, Brian's car and like my cars only like K-Swapped. There was EGs and all this like a couple years before, yeah. maybe a year or two before. Um so this is probably, oh yeah this is probably uh, I don't know somewhere in that range okay got you oh five yeah something, something like that um so that was the K swapped CRX it was a white one it was a white CRX and that was about the time that was about the time actually that we went to Japan because that was when my buddy came and flew and he he we drove from Canada in his CRX uh -huh. so my buddy Chris the one that I went to Japan with yeah I flew into Toronto we immediately crossed the border got held up because. They're like, why the hell are you crossing the border when you just flew over here? Yeah. And then we drove all the way to California. No yeah. shit. And then we swapped. Wow. We swapped his car out with a K. So we had two white K swaps. <sighs> and if you remember, like in Honda tuning, we did like a double photo shoot. So we both drove them down from NorCal to SoCal yeah. to shoot with like rod res. No way. Yeah. Nah, dude. Is this the same as the green CRX? No. Oh, dude, that's the first CRX that I knew okay. that, that you so had. So I had a white K-Swap CRX. So me and Chris had these two white K-Swap CRXs. And mine was just on like GSR, like the Fat Five, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, not really modded all that crazy. Like just super simple. I wanted it clean, simple, but with a big engine in yeah. it. It was a pretty awesome car. And then <clears throat> that one ended up turning gray. I painted it gray. And then the gray one, I ended up selling okay. to a friend as a chassis. And then I picked up this red one. You remember JSJ Brothers? They do all the yeah. photos. JSJ Brothers had a CRX and it had like a cutout sunroof in it. And it was like not a, like an SI, it was yeah. like a DX. So they had like a retrofit sunroof thing. So I had to change the top. And then Woody, you remember 408 Woody? Mm -hmm. So Woody was my roommate, right? So we painted that car. Well, Woody painted it. And then that's the green one that you know of the got full teardown, full yeah. build, like a lot of like chrome dipped parts just to, I remember I chose, I chose that color cause I was at the post office dropping off harnesses and this woman pulls up in a Lexus, like this green Lexus. And I'm like, damn, that color is awesome. Right? 
So I was like, ah, excuse me, um, do you know what color your car is? And she's like, oh, I, I know what color my car is. It's Desert Sage Metallic. From She you know, knew that? She knew because people people would ask her. That wasn't the stock color? That is a stock color. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a stock color from the Lexus. So I was like, I was like I'm going to paint my CRX this color. Nice. And she's like, other people have said that they're going to use this color. It's funny. She was old, too. She really? Was like, oh, why does everybody love this color so much? I'm like, dude, it's a great color. But there was chrome uh, details on the car. Okay. And that made me go like, damn chrome with that desert sage fucking pops yeah so that's why i ended up doing like subframe like and my thing was like i did I wanted to do super subtle chrome parts um i didn't want it to look like I'm, i was not into i was into low riders actually but i wasn't into my honda looking like a low rider um i wanted it to look like a race car but i didn't really see anybody doing chrome like david was mm -hmm. and rudy was um and myself <clears throat> and i'm like I want to do a cage. So I actually had to bring that down to SoCal and have them. There's They couldn't find big enough tanks. To chrome to, it? To chrome a cage in, in NorCal. Yeah. So I brought that down, got that done, did like the sub. The subframe was the craziest thing for me. Like a chrome subframe, people tripped the fuck Hell out. Hell yeah. The they were like, damn, that looks crazy. Because it's like the detail they never seen yeah. before. Um, <clears throat> like I remember getting that CRX done for um, – Prior to Weekfest, uh, what the hell is it Jay's called? Gathering. Jay's Gathering. So, that, you know, underground parking garage in San Francisco. I built the car in San Jose. I was living in San Jose. And, like, the car was, like, you know, problematic. And, mm -hmm. like, I just dipped there with no hood. And it was raining. And, like, fucking cars, like, flooding. Because there's... Do you remember when that was? No, but I'm sure you can look it up. It wasn't Weekfest yet. No, it was not Okay, Weekfest. so you're probably talking 2009 and before. That was bad. It was, yeah, it was like when all the ATS dudes were like strong. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. you know, everybody was like, whoa, this is, this is serious. These cars are rad. It was know? a different, it was a different, that's when I started getting into it. Yeah. And I was just blown away. Like, if you remember Rudy's um, RSX, the chrome, like chrome, it was uh, an RSX, Mugen RS, the white RSX. Okay. You, talk, you know what I'm talking about? Um, he was possibly. like D, the DPK, like RSX, the white mm -hmm. one with like a Mugen kit. Was then, it gold stuff? Yeah. All, okay. Yeah. All remember, gold. Yeah. So Rudy's car, like, kind of, if there was an internet to crack, <laughs> they cracked the <laughs> internet, right? So people were like, went crazy over that car. It was super crazy and cool. And the, the fusion of the gold, like, velocity stacks and, um, the Mugen body kit. Gotcha. And like, people were like, what? I remember that car now. Yeah. Yeah. Car's dope. So, um, it changed, it, it was very, very impactful for, for everyone. Um, but there were some really good cars like Ray, Ray from ATS. He had his, um, his green Del Sol. Okay. Engine bay was awesome. <clears throat> and then when I brought my CRX, people were like, Whoa, the engine bay is like, it was, was dope. So I built a mil spec quote unquote wire harness for it. Okay. So let me, let me tell you a little bit about this whole mil spec. Thing, yeah. Hell I yeah. People would love to hear this one. <clears throat> okay. If you're familiar with DTR, you remember the guys that make the headers, the exhaust manifolds, uh, Danny Tran Racing. Mm. Okay. They had a, a race car, an RSX race car. Danny and Derek, the guy that, that worked with him, they were like, yo, we're going to build this wire loom that's like motorsport. And I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Right? Like, what is that? So he's, he's like, yeah, we're going to use a mil-spec connector and this like motorsport wire and loom and stuff. We're going to like wire it up. And they did it. They built this loom. And they had a whiteboard and the whole harness all schematic, schematic oh, and stuff. Shit. 
and they couldn't get it to run. Uh-huh. They could never get the car to run. Really? Right? They couldn't. They. I know exactly what they did. Now I'm like, wow, he didn't fucking ground that wire. Yeah. Uh, you know. Anyway, so <clears throat> many years later, I actually went there and just fixed it for him, and they got it done. <laughs> but, um, so that they introduced me to that, and I'm like, whoa. And then I found this company called like PRS or something that sold that Teflon mil spec wire. And then they sold some kind of a loom that was a heat shrink that was pretty cool. So I made this harness with DR25 and mil spec, all like white, you know, mil spec wire. And I got the yellow label tags. I bought this printer and I built a motorsport mil spec harness. And people <clears throat> were like, whoa, that shit is fucking crazy. So for everybody that, that doesn't know DR25. It's like the Raychem, like it's kind of the motorsport wire cover so it's the black heat shrink yeah, with the yellow wiring on it yeah or writing on it's it excuse the, me it's got the yellow writing and then a lot of times you'll do like the yellow tag to identify each got sensor. you got you and the reason for the yellow identifier is because a lot of times when you're doing aviation or something all the wires are the same color uh-huh so then you look at a connector it's a white connector but it, like the tps and the map might be the exact same plug so you're like how the fuck do i distinguish mm-hmm. this right so you have to dis- differentiate them by that yellow tag that has map or position TPS, yeah. whatever the hell right so you use those yellow and then the yellow was was in motorsports easy to read it, it was very obvious that you could just look at the tag and it was blown up and you yeah. see tps cool plug that one in it's for the technicians to work on the car yeah so i wanted to just kind of i've always been like wanting to kind of simulate if i was going to do something in f1 how would i try to like make it like serviceable the same way um you know, seeing other kinds of motorsports, uh, kind of not even really understanding it, but maybe just seeing it and then like learning what, what why do they use yeah. yellow, whatever. <clears throat> so then I built this wire harness and uh, I did a B series one for my my buddy Nick, um, and he had like a little like race prep CRX, and then I did the K swap harness, and I was like, I'm never gonna build one of these again. Like I'm like, this is too much work. I'm yeah. not gonna build one of these. <laughs> ever. Like fuck the K one. The K one is way too much work. Like problematic trying to figure out all these things and it was just suck yeah and then i got all these people like build me one build me one build me one and then i'll be like it's a thousand bucks and they're like oh my god a thousand i'm like dude <laughs> it's like 500 dollars of materials or more you wow know? and you want me to like work for 9 10 15 hours on it yeah i should be charging you 1500 bucks yeah anyway so then i did i was like you know what i'll make it but it's fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh shit. I mean, it's like more than that now, technically. Yeah. Because it, you know, you then you use multicolored wire and uh, things add up. So, but I mean, dude, I was kind of doing them on the side, and they weren't profitable. Like, it's not profit, but it was just like cool to be able to. You're taking those next next big leaps. Yeah. Right. So in any business like yourself, like you know when you went to um, buying your hardware. Um, with the ones that would score the paint and you'd put the little rubber pad. Yeah. That's like, that's a step. Yeah. And then you started machining your own washers and you're like, damn, this is a big ass investment. This shit better pay off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like buying mil spec wire and rolls of DR25 and <clears throat> mil spec connectors. I'd try to find them on eBay if I could, if I found part numbers and I'd, you know, surplus shops and just try to get these mil spec connectors. And it was differentiating me huge. You know, like yourself with the washers, yeah. you're like, that is all of a sudden now it's Downstar, right? Yeah. So then that mil spec bulkhead is, okay, that's rye wire. Yeah. Right? Um, so I was going into that direction and differentiating myself from from everybody else that was doing maybe expandable loom on their wiring. And they're trying to tuck it. 
I wasn't, I wasn't trying to tuck anything, you know, like maybe the ugly stuff, the headlights, you know, yeah. at that point it's like tuck the headlights. I want to do this clean, simple, properly structured. If you're going to build something from scratch, yeah, I mean, it's going to look good because you're going to be able to reroute things. Do it right? however you want to do it. Do it however you want it. Clean, simple, straightest path, no excess plugs, plugs that you can put near the ECU mm -hmm. or put hidden then you you hide it or you whatever because you want it clean so it wasn't the whole tucking part of it, it was just right. you wanted it just to look good i i probably have only done like 10 wire tucks in my entire life yeah and that might blow your mind <laughs> but yeah dude i've only done a few tuck i hate doing wire tucks that shit sucks because yeah. you can't you can't do it clean i mean you can okay but the guy that wants to watch just you know stuff in the fender and you cut and you extend i don't cut and extend man like you have to replace the mm -hmm. wire from point a to point b so i don't want to do a wire tuck because there's no like it's a it's, it's got to be a passion thing yeah and that's the only time i would do a, a wire tuck yeah, yeah 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 otherwise you just rebuild it so <clears throat> everybody's like damn sick tuck and it's like oh well I actually did do a wire tuck and that's the not the nice part of it. The nice part of it's the wire the engine wire loom, but thank you. So you yeah. felt people weren't seeing the value that you were seeing. Yeah, they didn't understand it. So then that was really hard. And like that was something that me and Mike like kind of you know how Mike's always big Mike's always like um explaining things and and crit critiquing you if you know you're wrong. And yeah. That was one of the first things that he was critiquing and trying to teach people was a tuck versus a a new harness versus versus wrapping your factory harness with a thing and putting a yellow tag and saying it's mil spec yeah when you know it's 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 not and mil specs not even it's funny because everybody's like oh you know guys will be like mil spec that's not that's not mil spec well the the material the wire has a mil military part number on it uh-huh the wire loom, excuse me, has a military part number on it. The connector, the bulkhead, has a military part number on it. So yeah. that's why it's a mil spec harness. Yeah. Okay. So I, my harnesses are not receiving military part numbers, mm -hmm. but the the parts that I'm using have military part numbers. So it's kind of like aerospace, <laughs> right? Like the same stuff that we use. Aerospace standards. Yeah. And then, and then you could take it a step further and not even mil spec, it's motorsport. So a lot of the um, Deutsch Autosport, the, those black connectors with the red mm -hmm. yeah, 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 rings yeah. that you see, like different color keyway rings, those are all actually designed for motorsport use. The uh, metal ones are a little bit less expensive. They work just as well. And they're for aviation. So the MS part numbers are going to be for uh, military and aviation and like uh, tanks and whatnot. You'll see them in the military stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the motorsports is all um, the Deutsch, the Deutsch Autosport, the AS part number mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> dude. So I, I got I got heavy into that. Every but. time you get into wiring, I'm telling you guys, like this dude oozes passion over yeah. wiring, and it uh, it seems it seems like it's too much, but it's you have a really good way of explaining it. And kind of making it for like I don't want to say dumb it down, but just dumb it down to the to the average enthusiast who's not into wiring or specific that, that you know. Right. Um, but it seems like a lot of the enthusiasts are you know into 
tuck or clean bay or their whatever. So, so giving them a, like right now, I kind of like threw that big old lecture at everybody, but at the same time, it's like that they, they kind of have to know that background to be able I'm I'm pulling a big mic right now, you know, to I'm, try, appreciate I'm, trying to, it. I'm trying to tell you how it's supposed to be, you yeah. know, like you, you have to understand that and, you know, calling it a wire tuck or whatever, you can call it what you want to call it, but I don't call it that. Yeah. You know? Um, and you know, like, that's the thing. Like if I was a seat manufacturer, I could tell you all day long about seats. If I was a wheel manufacturer, I could tell you about forging processes versus multi-piece got versus, you, got you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I just do something that's a little different than the re the regular car guy. And it's know? dope, man. And it's definitely, um, it's, it's grown an economy yeah. in, in our field because now there's a bunch of dudes that do it, you know, and competition is always good, but it's always good to know who actually took the risk mm -hmm. at the beginning to make this stuff happen. Yeah. And, um, right now the point in your career, it, it doesn't matter who's doing what or or what. I mean, people come to you because they want your product. Right. And I feel like even with us, we've been through the ringers of, you know, people copying our products or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, at, at the beginning, it used to make me feel a certain way. But yeah. at the point I'm at right now is that I realize that people want to support us because because of the brand. You know, yeah. branding it. And I think that even from the jump, dude, when I first got into it in NWP days, I was like, dude, I want a Rywire harness. Mm -hmm. And I, I my first harness that I ever did, I, I did my own harness. Uh -huh. But when I had the chance to get a Rywire harness, that was what I was going to do. Yeah. Because it, it meant something to me. And it wasn't just, oh, I want a wire tuck. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like what it represented and that's right that's what you brought to the community and i wanted to be a part of that yeah and um that's why i bring it back to like uh, how you've been doing with social is that i want a lot more other people to feel that same way about it is that i want to be a part of this and it's not a popularity thing right it's a thing that people need to understand what your brand actually means yeah you know there's and a lot to it and what you bring to the table and how you help um, people do swaps and and people to help their vision come to life, and uh, I think it's not only commendable; it's just something that is 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 just seeing something from nothing to something is crazy. Yeah, and now you have so many employees, your, your shop, you have so many projects. Like the number of of orders going out is probably i could just imagine is something that you would have thought about 10 years you wouldn't even think about right where it's at right now yeah it's a i mean the day-to-day -day stuff is it's a lot of stuff man yeah but a um, lot of people order through the website and i'm grateful for that and you know i've been spending more and more times on emails and phone calls and yeah man it, and even coming out with new product yeah it's hard to juggle that you know so uh one thing that we've been working on a lot is <clears throat> a sol solution for chassis wire yeah right so one thing that, you know, just like anything, you know how I told you about how I, you know, found out about mil-spec or whatever, right? Well, um, recently, maybe not recently, maybe in the last six, five, six years, um, I heard about this thing called the power distribution module or PDU power distribution unit or just a solid state relay. Okay, like what? what is this? So right? PDM. PDM, power distribution module. Okay, so... I've been hearing about it, <clears throat> read about it in like a motorsport magazine that my buddy ATS Phil, Phil Sison, he he showed me this magazine. Dude, like look at this. Like 
it's a company. It's sort of like a like he doesn't know too much about it. He's like kind of like Motec or I don't know, but they do like this PDM, and you don't need like fuses and relays. And I'm like, dude, like I've heard about that, but I don't really know how it works. Gotcha. You. you know, six plus years ago or something like that. <clears throat> so just started reading whatever I could and like, okay, it's solid state relay. Ah, oh, you can pulse with it and you can basically you hit it a bunch of times and it can, you could speed up and slow down motors. And I'm like, ah, this is cool. Like you could operate a fan with a, uh, on pulse width modulation and you can uh, use a solid state relay. Like, oh wow. And there's no moving parts. So there's no mechanical things to go wrong. <clears throat> now what they did was they took logic and they used like an ECU a program with firmware okay to talk to and and dri and drive those solid state relays okay <clears throat> so i think the first one that i ever saw was it's called the pdu from life racing and life racing's an ecu company and um they made this power unit <clears throat> and i think that was the first one that i saw <clears throat> and then motec came out with theirs and it was like oh damn like but that's really expensive da, da, da. i'm like fuck it i want it for my projects because i want to learn mm -hmm. like everything that i've I, I kind of reached a point where I'm like, I'm not going to school anymore, okay? I'm spending money on things and maybe people see it as excessive. Like, wow, that dude's really gonna spend fucking $4,000 on an ECU? What an idiot, right? Yeah. No, dude, <clears throat> people go to school and they learn shit that they don't fucking care about. $100,000 $100,000 later. Yeah. <clears throat> So what I decided to do was build a $100,000 Integra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did that because <clears throat> I have the passion and I want to do it, but it's a challenge. I'm learning. Instead of me spending money on school, I, I don't have anybody to really like look up to and teach me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn that shit my damn self. So what I do is I <clears throat> make moves. And I go, well, fuck it. I'm going to buy this expensive ECU. I'm going to buy an expensive PDM. I'm going to buy these things for the car. And I'm going to convert it to pneumatic shift. And I'm going to learn how to design a shift system. And I'm going to use the logic from the ECU to drive the shifts and tell the, the actuators when to, to, to shift the transmission yeah, yeah, yeah. and go up and down and different strategies. And I'm going to learn all these things. And I'm going to use a PDM. And I'm going <clears> to... <throat> so... The, that early PDM solid state relay stuff got me into this direction where now I'm like, wow, this works and it's fucking rad. So these companies are starting to make these maybe a little bit less expensive PDMs and stuff. And like, you know, Motex isn't that expensive. And yeah. their, their price their price actually jumped down a lot to get with competition gotcha. a little bit more. So, I mean, you can get a PDM now for a thousand bucks. Oh, wow. So... It's really the future, and I know it, and I see it, just like how I saw that mil-spec wiring was was the future of mm -hmm. car guys. The PDM, I mean, think about this. Your brand new whatever car <clears throat> has an ECU, but you know how you go, oh, body control modules and da-da-da-da-da. It's all operating. These are factory cars now that are operating on a CAN bus. So data that comes in from a sensor on your engine. A temperature, let's just use temperature because it's really easy. Water temperature goes to your ECU, okay? Your ECU takes that information. It uses, like, it adds fuel with that temperature sensor. But then it can spit that info over to a PDM. Uh -huh. That info from a PDM, now the PDM's smart. It's a computer. <clears throat> it uses that logic over CAN, so there's no wires other than the CAN wires. And then what it's doing is it's going, okay, I am going to activate this fan 
at this temperature. And it was just a little canned data message from the PDM. So the ECU's using that sensor to, to calculate how much fuel to put into the engine gotcha. based on temperature, uh, fuel enrichment and things like that. And then that data goes over PDM. And then now the PDM smart enough to go, okay, well, when the temperature exceeds this amount, I'm going to turn, on, turn the fan, on the fans. Got you. And then I'm going to turn off the fan. And then now there's no wire there except for just the hot wire, the power wire going out to the fan. And then that CAN bus can share hundreds and thousands or whatever of packets of information over a CAN bus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two wires that can do thousand things. No way. Yeah. And it's all different code yeah. and you just give it its own packet name and Got number you. and then that's ect engine coolant temp gotcha and then that can go to that can go to your digital display and then now your digital display can see your water temperature so now that one sensor with two wires is calculating engine stuff to the ecu data is coming over on a can to the pdm to turn on your fan and then data is coming out of the pdm it's going to your digital dash where it's giving a heads up of I'm 197 degrees. My fan's going to turn on now because yeah. it's at 198. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you see the temperature go down 10 degrees, and then there's some overlap there, and then it turns off. Yeah. <clears throat> right? So this is tucking wires, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're lessening the amount of wires in the car. And that's what a PDM does is you have way less wires. There's way less moving parts. There's way less things to go wrong. It's all logic and programming, just like how these advanced ECUs are logic and programming. Factory cars have it too. Yeah. So that's, it's the truth that that's the, the future is everybody's going to be on a PDM. <clears throat> so what I'm doing is I'm building wire looms um, specific for PDMs. We're bringing in PDMs. We're distributing PDMs. We sell all different kinds of people's PDMs. And body wiring has always been kind of like a, you got to do it in-house. Yeah, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out on your side, on your own self. Yeah. <clears throat> but now we take a performance computer with one of our off-the-shelf wire looms and then one of our off-the-shelf PDMs and then a digital dash and then you wire your whole car. It's a little bit of money, but trust me, when people used to buy wiring harnesses 15 years ago, they were $150 because it's just like, like remember, 160 mm -hmm. bucks. I was yeah. hard, charging $160 for a DPFI to MPFI. Well, now I'd be manufacturing that. And depending on how many we can make, the price can go down. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> the more that you guys buy these PDM chassis harnesses, yeah. you might see the prices go down a little bit. Just like with MoTeC. Just like with MoTeC. They, ha they have a premier product but then they see that there there's competition now a little bit and then you know maybe they're they're buying more <clears throat> hardware so as their name gets bigger they could buy more of those solid state drivers and then it's like if you guys ever buy electronic stuff you know internal circuit boards and stuff you buy one resistor at fries and the shit's like a dollar yeah and then if you buy a pack of them they're like six bucks for this many you know, <laughs> yeah. and then <clears throat> if you go online and you buy a, a half a million of them Dude, cheap, right? Yeah. So think about that, you know, like you guys buy my harnesses, they're going to, the price will eventually be able to go down because I can make more. Yeah. Right. If you're buying the same things, the price goes down. Like look at my Honda B series harnesses. They're cheap. They're yeah. very, very, very inexpensive for what you get. Yeah. You introduced the budget <clears throat> harnesses. The budget harnesses are great because the price is really good and then the construction is really good and the quality is really good. <clears throat> so those harnesses I sell a lot of, and that's why the price is lower. 
So you guys call and say, I have this one-off harness, whatever, it's gonna be three to six times the price because me, my main guy, Ryan Durr, David, we're we're spending a lot of time and um, we're a very small company. And I'm spending time with you. I could, I'm like 40 emails deep with most customers when we're doing a, a one-off harness. Yeah. And then Ryan Durr is constructing most of it and I'm building all these loom pinouts and I'm doing all that. And then David's printing the invoices and preparing the packages and da 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 And dude, that's like three guys and that might be like a five-day build. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be six times the price. Instead of having, you know, we're just like working on a hundred harnesses at once and it, they get done really, really quick and it's really easy per, per harness. And that's why the price can come down. Yeah. I've been seeing, um, the, uh, well, I, I actually, you were telling me about this. It was two years, at least two years ago. You okay. were telling me about, about the about PDM what? stuff PDM. Yep. and, um, I'm excited that you just released it. Like I, I want to do another build just so I can put yeah. one on the car. It, it seems so cool. And, and me having like a slight background in wiring, yeah. I understand it all. So it all makes sense. And it just seems like way less of a hassle. Dude. Yeah. I'm trying to work on videos and it was cool. Cause like the first video that we did was like of our universal. And I was like, this can't be a Honda because people always are like, Oh, your Honda harnesses. And, you know, the universal one's not specific to any kind of a car per se. Um, integrating it with the engine side is way more beneficial if you use a Rywire product. It's just that much easier. Um, but as far as taillights, headlights, I mean, almost anybody could find the power wire on their headlight versus yeah. the ground wire on their headlight. And if, and if, and if a red wire coming out of my harness says headlight right. Yeah. And then it's power side and you're like, okay, well, there's a red wire and a black wire on my headlight. And I think the black wire is ground. So yeah. you ground it and then you power the other side. And then now all of a sudden when you press that button, it's all plug and play and you press that button, the headlight turns on. You're like, oh shit, that was easy, right? Yeah. So I wired uh, Vinny from Hoonigan, okay. then his S14. And I wanted it to not be a Honda so people immediately can go, oh, you know, it Oh, Rywired as Hondas. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can do a lot more than that. I personally really like Hondas and I want to make products and I understand and I and I love Hondas. So I go that route a lot. But that universal chassis harness that I have is going to be expanded into a lot of different applications. Right now, this point in time, it's going to be funny looking back at this because I'm sure things will be way different in two years from now. But uh, we have our whole line of the Honda ones. Mm -hmm. So I have... You could take, you know, you buy a Rywire budget harness and then you have, I'm looking at your EG and I keep pointing at it because it's right in front of me right now. <laughs> so his EG6 is like right in front of us and then Seinfeld is here. So it's like perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Surround, Life. Yeah. Surrounded by all these great things. <clears throat> so you, this car, you have a Rywire harness. Yeah. And then you put the body harness in it and then you have the taillight plugs and everything's all done and you just pop, 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 yeah. everything plugs in. So eventually one day, I hope that people buy enough of those that can <clears throat> then ha have enough interest to go into Datsun Zs and uh, E92M3s and freaking like all these different cars that you could conceivably wire if yeah. you wanted to. And I don't know, I mean, it could be, it could be anything. Yeah. It's crazy. 
And that's 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 dope that you're bringing that to the table because like you even say the Hoonigan guys reaching out to you because no matter what level you're at there's still a need for it there's yeah. still a need for what you have to offer and it's not just a honda thing yeah yeah i mean and that's that's one thing that that i could relate on as well like things that we do is not just for honda bolt right. kits. like yeah granted a bunch of the kits are around that but you have M6 to understand by 1.0 yeah, is like pretty standard to a lot we of we come from the honda community so that's where the pebble dropped at yeah. and it's spreading now and we want to make this um the ripple effect from yeah. it go as far as possible because for one it's like the business is good you know but for two it's like you want to see how much power that you can put out where your influence is going and it's not it's not like an ego kind of thing it's it's basically like uh, what can i do now mm -hmm. what's the next thing that right. i can do now right. how far can i push how this? far can you push it so um, you know, I've had a couple like mind blowing kind of deals. So first, first and foremost, when I first moved to Southern California, um, I don't remember how many years ago it was now. It was probably like six. Uh, more dude. You think more, so? It was like nine, eight or nine. So when I first moved to SoCal, I actually found a supplier for connectors. Okay. Yeah. And my mind like opened up i was like like how, you, you know not like when you win a lottery or whatever but like when you just go like holy shit you were creating something and you had these tools but now yeah, you so get then, to the shop and you have like oh, so many more tools you're like i could do way more with this right now. so i found a source for the plastic connector bodies and i'm like it opened up my whole world so that made me like go all in with my business in a certain direction the pdm thing <clears throat> it's funny because i i the one that i had i had for so long you know i was using different brands in my cars and stuff and i was just sitting on this one and i'm like i can make something with this and one day it just like duh you know yeah. that kind of a thing yeah so that was that and i blew my mind and opened it up to all these different things um it was very similar when uh when i found the connector thing so like two times in my business it's been like oh my god my whole yeah. my, my whole head's exploded and this could be like you start getting these crazy ideas and it's like you get that like crazy like upper feeling like mm -hmm. I, I you know i don't do drugs but i could only imagine if yeah. you were like it's like if you got a dose of something and you're just like holy shit this is fucking unreal yeah you know um that happened twice nice and, and this whole like pdm thing um is another one of those for me so i could only kind of imagine that the direction i could take it in. dope man this is going to be a good benchmark right here because mm -hmm. i feel like 2019 is going to be an exciting year yeah. for everybody man for the for the community for the culture i feel like everything is going to blossom um yeah. coming into 2020 so it, it's really dope that you're doing this and it's dope that you're doing it for the community because this with you giving this product that's giving the guy in Kansas who's building his car in the shed right now, it gives him the idea because he's just trying to figure out the wiring. It's like, yeah. dude, I'm just going to go with that. And and it's it's dope, man, that you're still just pushing the bar and just trying to move forward. So, I mean, this is crazy too, but <clears throat> put it this way. It doesn't even have to be an automotive application. So you can use a PDM to run like, you know what's crazy is this company, uh, I can't say their name. Mm -hmm. But they're building like a train underground train system in uh -huh. LA. Oh wow! And they've reached out to me about PDM. No way! Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So I mean, it's like, it's like, damn, dude. 
That's it, tight, like, there's, bro. there's, and then like David was telling me, like he used to do, um, you know, my guy D DPK David. Yeah. He's like, dude, I used to, I used to work at this place before Rywire, and they did um, DJ solution stuff. Yeah. And it's like, could you imagine if you could program a PDM to run like lighting? Yeah. Do, like, oh, you're okay, right. Okay, so I told my girlfriend I was. She was talking about like uh, lights, um, because of Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. it's Christmas. You know, we just got past Christmas right now, January. So, um, she's like, look at this light show. This is freaking crazy. Somebody's neighborhood, like, she found that she found it online, and I'm like, I could do that with a PDM. And wow. she's like, what? I was I like, yeah, because you. think yeah. about it. You have an output and you're programming at the flash at a certain time and you're doing yeah, delays yeah, yeah. and this and that. And Just to go along with music or you whatever. You could do whatever you want with this yeah. thing. You could run a train. You could run a city. You could run a <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, tight, dude. So uh, there's a lot more to it than just an enthusiast putting it in a stripped out car. Yeah. Um, I've actually had people reach out and be like, eh, I want to do this like control system with like, you know, it could be nitrous or it could be like just whatever. Yeah. I'm going to build this and I'm, I'm going to buy some of these and then I'm going to like make this thing. And they're really smart guys in the industry, you know, and then they're like, I'm going to program it myself and I'm going to make it do all this like logic. They're like the, you know, the the tuners. Yeah. And then so they're like, okay, if this works out, like I'm going to report back, I'm going to buy more of these and maybe, and I need looms anyway. So why don't you just build the looms for me? So it's nice. like, it's great because it's like, I'm reaching out like I'm getting networked with these good, you know, influential pivotal guys in the industry i can build a product with them yeah and then they can buy the 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 unit and then we're serving a completely different Hell outlet, yeah dude. you know so there's a lot you can do and that's why my mind was so like opened up when i that's kind dope, of realized man. what i could do with the tool that's tight man i really hope that this uh that this podcast brings a lot more people your way because the stuff that you have to offer and not only just the product just like the the motivation yeah and just seeing you push forward and being in the industry how, how long 15 20 years at least um 20 uh 20 was like how long i've been really doing cars kind of more yeah. seriously but yeah if you want to call like gauge tech and the industry then yeah, <laughs> 20 years pretty much that's so. good man so um we're about to wrap it up right here uh if you got somebody that's looking right now and just has has a passion and they're kind of like nervous for going for what what would be some kind of advice that you would give them um <clears throat> just start somewhere and if something if like if you have that um, mind cracking fucking you know epiphany of what you could conceivably do, um, if you have the resources of trying to make the next step, just do it. Just do it. Because I mean, I I when I moved from NorCal to SoCal, I it was a big thing, and I was like, damn, this is serious right here. I don't have a place to live and stuff. I'm just gonna make this happen and and just find a shop and go. Yeah. It was like when I was overseas and just have nowhere to go. I yeah. Just do it. So if you think that you're, if you're motivated enough, you got the drive, you, you reach that epiphany of like, this is so I like people are going to love this. Just go all in with it. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's, that's one thing that, um, that I could definitely stand behind is that if you don't go for it, if you don't try it, there's no way of even knowing if it would have worked. Right. And here's an example of it working. So um, thank you for coming, man. I really appreciate it, course, dude. Uh, last thing, just let them, let them know where they can find you at. All right. So I, I predominantly just use Instagram. Uh, Rywire underscore motorsport. Wait. Yeah. Rywire underscore motorsport, motorsport underscore electronics. electronics. <laughs> so there's two underscores. Rywire motorsport electronics with underscores. 
<clears throat> when you just type in Rywire, you probably find it. Um, I'm also on YouTube. It's kind of like grassroots starting out. I filled, filmed some content. Nice, nice. So I just got to get it kind of up, and I'm. We'll having, throw the like, links in the in yeah, the bio. Yeah, yeah. So it's just just do uh, Rywire, and then you'll find the YouTube channel. We're building a CRX. I'm taking it way back, dude. Hell yeah! That was the CRX builds were you know like 15 ish years ago, and I'm doing the like, dude. It's a white CRX. Nice. It's one of my buddy's cars, but like it's a K20. It is literally going to be like a spitting image no of a 15-year-old build. And Good, I'm just man. documenting each thing. And um, it's a car that I have a lot of parts for. You could buy this and slap them on. So I don't have a lot of install videos. Yeah. So this is going to be like install video, um, pushing some of the people that are supporting the car. Yeah. Like yourself. Um, I got you in there. Oh, yeah. I showed the – like I'm kind of doing like this whole unboxing. To be honest, like I'm looking at other – I, I'm not a YouTube like I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I looked at a couple other guys. They do a couple unboxing. They talk about it. They're like bullshit. They say you know, you know, um, look at me installing this part, and it's a little bit corny, maybe. Yeah. But at the same time, like people need to see that, so it works. Um, and then I can get supporters on, and then they can kind of see that that it's reaching more. You yeah. Know, that their return on investment is there. Good, man. Good. Well, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the media part of it grow and because the community does need people like you, you and it needs people like you to be vocal and yeah. to, to guide the community to go in the direction that we that we need it to go. Yeah. Not only for, you know, our benefits, business owners benefits just for so we have something in the future yeah. to look forward to. I mean, it's a huge market that I feel like that I could be missing out on a mm -hmm. little bit. So um maybe people that have been doing it for a really long time i mean i know there's guys on like youtube for example that have been doing it for as long as i have yeah which is awesome uh but there's also like newbies that are just doing like oil changes or whatever and like wow it's wild to see how much reach they can get yeah so it's like somebody that's been doing it for a long time and has and has done this exact same thing like 15 years ago um i'll probably make it look easy but uh, I think that it could really help a lot of people even 15 years later doing using the same Haas Sport mounts and yeah. using the same wiring harness and K-swap and, you know, O2 to A04 engine, yeah. like same shit. Hell yeah, dude. It's pretty cool. But um, thank you again for coming, yeah, Matt. I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll definitely see you guys in Japan. Yeah. So have a good one, guys. Once again, this is Downtime with Downstar. Ryan for Rywire. Make sure you guys check him out. And uh, we'll talk to you later.